Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, so here's the deal. Trevor's going to turn me way up today. You hear it. Everybody hears it. The voice is not exactly there. It was a big weekend. I don't know if I was just uh, you know screaming too loud during the game against Pitt on Saturday night from my own couch, or if it was uh, the Jack Harlow expletive directed towards UK heard around the Commonwealth that got me all fired up. Regardless, my voice is about 60% today. This is actually, you're going to be shocked to hear this. This is a far cry from what it was yesterday, or Saturday. It was completely gone. I didn't talk for like 24 hours, could not say anything, and I thought there was no way I was going to be able to do the show. You're going to have to bear with me. I know that it's distracting. I know that it's not ideal, especially for a celebratory Monday when we had so much going on over the weekend, but it's the way it's going to be. Still here for the people. Still here until 6 o'clock. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. It rolls on whether we're healthy, sick, can talk, can't really talk, make sense, make no sense. It's always going to be here from 3 to 6 on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. We're here from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios today, as always. Uh, Check them out online at business.louisville.edu. Find out how you can get your MBA and feel like you're getting paid in the process. Business.louisville.edu. Trevor Kelsey is here rocking the Calgary Flames t-shirt. We got intern Patrick in the house. He was rocking the old school Louisville jacket because it's manual mail rivalry week. Like I'll put manual first there. And uh, it was an 80s theme today, vermit school. So he he was feeling himself, looking good in the jacket today. We got plenty to talk about. Loaded weekend for Cardinal Athletics. Obviously, we've got Louisville Live on Friday to react to. Obviously, we got the big win from Pitt on on Saturday night to react to. What does that mean moving forward? Sunday, we get the red-white scrimmage. I wasn't able to go. Um, was able to, to gather a lot of things from videos and write-ups and all that, but was not there, so I wanted to get the first-hand perspective from somebody who was. I knew, knew that Trevor wasn't going to be there. Uh, well, so, how do you know I didn't go? Because we talked about how you haven't been to a game in, like, 15 years. Well, it's the scrimmage. It's not a game. Did you go? No. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to have Matt McGavick from Louisville Report Don't on it. assumption. At 410. <laughs> He's going to come on and talk about his experience there uh, and what he saw, what he didn't see. I think we need to start with football, though. I, I feel like that's the obvious part. Uh, plenty to talk about when it comes to basketball. We also had a unfortunate volleyball match on, on Saturday. Uh, cards have their 37-game ACC winning streak snapped uh, on the road against Pitt. But we have to start with football. We just can't have a perfect weekend, can we? We can't. It was close. It was close, like 99% perfect. It was close enough. Well, yeah. the Lions lost. 
99% perfect. <laughs> Eagles running by. By the way, I just want to say, I don't know, maybe it's the, the smoker in me, but I think the voice is kind of sexy. Thank you. I feel like it's <laughs> Phoebe from Friends. I came in here. I did the, you know, I do the commercials on Monday with Jay. And I came in here. I'm, like, I'm talking to him like kind of normally, like like, and doing the like just normal voice. Where I'm like, yeah, I don't know, you know, it's gonna be hard to, to do with the show, and I think I should be able to get it done though. And then you know when you go on and you do the radio show or you do the voice that you need for the commercials, it's a different voice. Like I, I'm not, I'm not the big radio voice guy. He's like, hey, you know that I don't do that. But you do talk a little bit differently, right? You have to inflect a little bit differently. And so I'm talking to Jay normally, and then he starts filming. And like I start out trying to do the, my first take of the commercial, and I'm like, it was a lot. I like, and I just completely stumble over. I'm like, we're gonna have to start over. Like, give me a drink of water. So the commercial that you will see on the WB this week, WBNA Channel 21, is probably gonna be a little bit embarrassing, but it's the best I could do today. No, embarrassing is our wheelhouse. Embarrassing is what we do. Yeah, speaking. Of, I mean, also dressing up again today for three straight days. Not really. I mean, I'm wearing like leisure shorts and a athleisure hoodie. Well, um, luckily we don't set the bar very high. I was going to say, this is not, this, so, is, this yeah, is a normal. Probably the only clothing. thing we don't hear that set that, but uh, <laughs> this is definitely not dressing up. I mean, it is, it's by comparison to me and me and, I mean, me and Patrick, like we just went like. Patrick looked great. Well, Patrick got the t-shirt on and me, it looks like he just went he to a yard cool, sale. He's got the 80s carpet jacket on. The thing was. Did he, he, I didn't see the jacket? Okay. Yeah, he, he's got jeans on too. He came in. Oh. He did, was definitely showing off. Did you swipe that from Chris Mack after the uh, first little live? It's, cool, it's a badass jacket. It is, I'm not going to deny it. Uh, so we've got. Uh, Wish it fit me. If it was, I'd take it. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> How was your weekend, TK? Before we get to football talk. Uh, I mean, I still have my voice at least. You got that going. So, for I mean, you. I've got that going for me. Which uh, is nice. It was a good overall good weekend. Like you said, I caught a little Louisville live on Friday night. On I wish I'd if I'd pick between which one was going to be on the available on the ESPN app, I would have chose the scrimmage over the Louisville live. But you know, I guess you get beggars can't be choosers, but. Did that, watched, uh, knocked out some movies this weekend. I did uh, Real Bruce Almighty, little uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and Silver Lining Playbook. I'm going to say, before we get into sports talk, I've got to give Trevor props. Thank you. Trevor is, if there's, I'm not sure what I thought your wheelhouse was I don't know where you're going, but I'm just going to say, stop there and say thank you. Sure. (laughs) If somebody told me, like, what is the thing that Trevor does the best? I would certainly not have given... Not sports takes, not okay. dressing. Well, that one I can concede to, yeah. Not, depending on your, you know, eating habits. No, I mean, it's, it's by comparison, I guess. I'm not sure where I would have gone, <laughs> but I now know. And this is a, it's a shocking development. Okay. Picking out presents for small children. <laughs> it's unbelievable how good you are at this. We all have a knack at something, right? So Trevor... <laughs> People are like, what, what is Trevor just like a mean? I'm like, Trevor's not mean at all. He's, he's a big teddy bear. And he always, he, he gets presents for my kids whenever it's their birthday because he's the sweetest. And last week, John's birthday is coming up. He'll be one on Thursday, the 27th. Okay. I knew it was some, maybe I guess I was premature. You, had, you, yeah. you, you knew that he was the time of the year. Yeah. Um, which is, it blows my mind. I feel like we were just leaving the hospital like three weeks ago. <laughs> but so he'll be one on the 27th. So Trevor gets he orders a, a present for john and then he's just like my mom and that when we were growing up whenever a sibling had a birthday she didn't want anybody to be left out so like we always got like one present on my sister's birthday just something smaller or just something. Yeah, yeah. something just to like you know to, to make it so it wasn't just like you dreaded the day you had something to look forward to too and trevor's got the same mindset so he's like i don't want virginia to be left out so he got a present too so he gets <laughs> you were worried about like you know i'm not sure about 
kids' sizes and stuff. You got the the perfect size for the T-shirt because John is a hoss. He's about to turn one, but he's in 18 months clothes. You got 18 months was the T-shirt. That I can remember, perfect. yeah. Nailed well, he's, it. My, he's my kid. Yeah, he's, he's your kid. He's, he's, a, he's a big boy. You we figured grow big, yeah. you were on the right side. And then you got him this little, appropriately, like kind of Detroit Lions, basically like a, like a punching bag. Like it's, Yeah, those, those things that, that you can't, that they fall like over. Like a bop Yes, thank you, yeah. You can bop it, knock it over, it's weighted down by sand. I blew it up on, on Sunday John was playing with it forever, like throwing it around. And then Virginia liked it too. But the the Virginia present that you got, I, unbeknownst to me, Mary takes Virginia to Target all the time when she's got to run quick errands. Virginia loves it. She loves being out with mom. But every time she goes to Target, she asks for this mini phone. And Mary's like, no, you can't You can't have the mini phone. Like, you know, you can get a smaller present sometime, but we're like, you can get a piece of candy. We're not getting you the mini phone. And we open up the box on Sunday night and. She's like, it's the mini phone. I hope I didn't contradict Mary. I hope she's not mad at no, me. No, no. She was, okay. she was, we gave her a present because she'd been good. She, she, had, she couldn't get the present right away because she'd not been good. Yeah, she hadn't been listening. She, was, she wasn't a good listener. Yeah. But then she gets the present. She's good. And she's, she goes nuts over this phone. She's been going nuts over this phone. So then today, and I told her, I was like, you know, you remember this is from daddy's friend, Trevor, from work, from radio. Because she differentiates when I have to do some of the computer, she's like, that's work. And then when I go to radio, she has no idea what it means. But she knows, radio, that, Trevor, yeah. she knows that I go to radio. <laughs> And so I'm like, it's daddy's friend Trevor. And so today the, the girls get home from school. We bring my niece home. I pick Virginia and my niece, uh, Audrey, up from school every day. And Audrey always wants, like if Virginia has a new toy, like Audrey has to have it. Like she's got to play with it. It's kids, yeah. It's kids. You know, yeah. She sees it. She wants it. And usually Virginia will like play with the new toy for five seconds and then be like, here you go, Audrey. And today Audrey's like, I want to play with that mini phone. And Virginia's like, no, you can't. It's my <laughs> special present from Trevor. <laughs> As wow. it, as if that, first of all, that sounds creepy. But <laughs> as, if, as if Audrey has any idea what that means. She's like, you can't have it. It's my special present from Trevor. I was like, well, this is this is the world we're living in right now. But uh, Do they, I need to end about Audrey stuff? No, no, no. <laughs> she ended up, she shared like five seconds later. She's like, okay, you can have it. Like, that's that's how it always goes. But she's like, you know, you're killing it with the kids' presents. Like, you've, you've bought like three or four of these now. And every single one has been a gigantic hit. So props to you. I mean, I do look like Santa, so I guess there's a reason why I have that. that there's there's something that there's one thing I'm good at. It's finding out what a kid wants. You got a little Claus DNA in you. I do. I, I got, don't know the lineage, but I got the beard going right now, especially. Well, and originally the beard wasn't. I was. It was a no shave for the Louisville thing. Now it's just I'm waiting for the Eagles to lose a game. Yeah, I don't blame you. No, I mean, I'm, if we're not going to lose, I'm not going to shave. Maybe waiting a long time. Yeah, we go undefeated. I'll let it grow all the way out. So props to you. Kill with the kids. Well, thank you, thank you. I try. I try. It was it was a good weekend all around then for everyone, right? It was. It was a good. Well, besides my voice and yeah, me yeah. getting sick. Like I had the chills and was in bed like most of Saturday, but it's okay. What are you gonna do? <laughs> it's still, it's sad that like that's my health has gotten to a point where I felt terrible all day, but I was able to get up and do like some stuff. And at you the still end, accomplished more than I did. Probably at the end of the day, I was like, I was like, pretty good day. I was like, it was a great day all around. Whereas like a year ago, I'd be like, this is the worst day I've had in a month. Today, I was like, eh, like so, not so, bad. So you're sick, you're voiceless. And yet, I have a feeling you probably did more outside the house than I did all the last two. Oh, days. we did tons of stuff, which is probably why I was getting sick. We had like, a, like I got home Friday and I didn't leave again until Sunday night at halftime of the game to go to Taco Bell and back. Yeah, we had, we had a lot of stuff going on this weekend. We had Thursday we went to the Jack O'Lantern Spectacular. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, Friday I took the, the kids to Halloween party where Virginia just like it was like an adult party, but I just wanted to stop by, and uh, Virginia they had a live band and Virginia just. Dance in front of the live band like the entire time. Had a live it, band at a party? Yeah, it became, it became like everybody watching Virginia dance, which is what I knew. I was like, she'll be out there dancing. She's got no fear. It's a hell of a party so, to have. Yeah, it's uh, doing it big. So that was fun. Saturday morning we did um, how trick or treat at Brown Park, which was fun. Yep. 
Um, and then we ended up being- Get a good haul, by the way? Huge haul. Traditionary Brown Park is great because it's all these people. It's always people either promoting their business at every booth or they're running for office. And so this year, in an election year, there's like twice as many candy booths as there were last year. And everybody's like, you know, here's, here's have this lollipop and then, you know, vote this person for judge. And I'm like, <laughs> better than a text, I'm I like, get. whatever, just give my kids some candy. Uh, Plus, but, you're in St. Matthew, so you know you're not getting like, you're getting name brand stuff in the It was great. The, the, yeah. The, the, the kids had a huge haul. So that was awesome. And then I, I told you, after that, we're just now getting to the age where, like, neighborhood kids are coming over to play. And we have, we, we bought this bounce house. Uh, and we've become the bounce house house. See, don't, 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 I'm regretting the investment. That's your, red, that's your Red Foreman basement right there. But no, it's, it's fine. Like, like, you told me, you texted me that earlier, I was like, you've become Red Foreman. You've got all the neighborhood kids are hanging out at your house. The Rutherford house. It was like, we had like nine kids over at the house on Saturday afternoon, which actually, it was it was fine. I loved it. Like, all the kids are great. But it's, it's Especially since Lola didn't play till eight. Yeah, but I had like a little bit of work stuff to get done too. So Mary was taking care of it. Now that she was a little bit overwhelmed. But yeah, we had that going on. And then yesterday, God, I don't even remember what we ended up doing yesterday. We had, we had, some, we had something. Football day? I took, um, I took my kids out to, because um, we're trying to get ready for John's birthday party next weekend. So Mary needs some time to get to clean the house up and get some. Like the basement was a disaster. Oh, and we, you had like nine kids over these. Yeah, I know. Well, then we did not let those kids go out of the basement because it was a disaster. But they will, it will be impossible to keep the kids out of the basement this coming weekend. So she wanted to get, so I took my parents, uh, I took my kids out to my parents uh, yesterday and uh, tried to get some rest, which didn't happen. When is John's birthday party on Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Ooh, I know. What I know. time? It's, I mean, we'll get to watch, we'll, we'll watch the game. But I feel like you should have moved his birthday to the bye week. I mean, I... He's, he's like, he knows. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you could have it tomorrow. It's not really going to make a difference. I fought for Sunday. I, it got shot down for reasons that I still don't understand. I, every family party <laughs> I had growing up was always on Sunday. And I was like, we can't do it. We got people coming. From. I'm like, nobody's getting hammered at a one-year-old's birthday party. Well, I, it's for, fine if we do it on for, Sunday. First of all, that's not completely true. Well. I mean, my buddy's kid, I'm his his kid's first, second, and third. I mean, his third-year-old, third, third-year birthday party, we had a keg. Well... <laughs> At this one, <laughs> I, mean, this, I don't think anybody's getting hammered. I don't think anybody even knew it was a kid's party halfway through in any of them. They were just, it was, I mean, what do you, that's, that's the South End for you, baby. But anyway, <laughs> so we got that to get ready for. But it, it'll be a fun weekend. We'll, we'll still have a good time. And the, the game will still get plenty of attention. Um, speaking Forest, of. It's our biggest game of the year. It's the only one we win, usually. The game now, I think it's become that much more important than yeah. it already was going to be. Not only is Wake Forest in the top 10, but Louisville is riding a two-game winning streak for the Woo! first time this year. The Cards uh, on Saturday night take care of business against Pitt 24-10 to in a game where, let's just say, and there's no way to say this without doing like a little bit of a humble brag, I went 9-1 and in our pick segment this week, <laughs> and my one loss was Louisville against Pitt. I think I went 1-9. No, you went six and three. Oh, did I? Six, I, I was six How and did four. I go six and three? Six and four. You missed all three of the games where we differed. I got all three right. So I've gone from behind by two games to ahead by one. It was a huge was swing. BS. In the pick segment. And then we both missed Pitt Louisville. Yeah, well, I knew that one, yeah. Which was kind of embarrassing. But this is the second time this year where both of us have picked against Louisville. And both times now, Louisville has won the game. We both picked against uh, us against UCF. And the cards got the job done. Now I kind of feel like we're pot committed this weekend. Huh? When we'll, we'll get there, we'll, we'll you heard the word pot. <laughs> we going to break. We will do <laughs> when we make our picks on on Friday afternoon. I feel like we both have to pick against Louisville to make sure that we're going to win because it's a it, it's now a monster game, and we've <laughs> we've talked about this after the Virginia game. The Virginia game to me did not 
in and of itself change anything dramatically as far as this season or Scott Satterfield's tenure is concerned. And I think to an extent the pit game is kind of the same way. But what both those wins did was set up the potential for this season to be changed and for the view of Scott Satterfield's tenure here to be changed. And that is now a major opportunity this Saturday. Wake Forest coming to town. Once beaten, they're only lost in overtime, double overtime against Clemson. They are number 10 in the country. And if you win this one, it's the type of win that we've been asking to see from Scott Satterfield really since the 2019 season. That just has not happened. And if you win this one, you get to 5-3. and three, You get back to 500 in conference play. You have a win over a top 10 opponent. You have four games left that are certainly tough, but would seem more winnable, at least certainly two of them, than you thought they were going to be maybe a month ago or maybe even a week before the Wake Forest game. I think that all of a sudden the narrative shifts and maybe the gigantic, this is done, there's no way to save this that, that we all said, including myself, after the Boston College loss, it looks foolish. But none of it matters unless you get the job done in the big spot, which is this weekend. We have plenty of time to talk about Wake Forest. We'll talk about Pitt. I'll let you get the conversation started, basically because my voice is getting worse the more I talk. 24 to 10, Brian Brown's defense. I, Brian the, Brown's defense. I mean, there was the, there was the, the, the we love these relationship uh, equations. The, if there was ever the husband coming home after you caught him cheating with a with tickets to the Bahamas and flowers <laughs> and, and a new car, that was Brian Brown in the Pittsburgh game, right? Incredible. There. Like he walked in and was like, "Look, I cleaned the house, honey. I did the dishes. There's a new car in the drive. There's a Lexus with a bow on it in the driveway." Oh, by the way, your mother's moving in with us, and I can't wait to have her. It's the Kobe Bryant ring. <laughs> I mean, it was, it is, it was the Kobe, it was the Kobe Bryant ring. Now, does that mean we need to completely like listen? I high five you, Brian. Good job. You did, you did something you you know should have been doing many many moons before, but and I'm happy to see it now. Am I turning a new leaf and gonna be you know let's keep them here now? No, no, that's. If anything, this is a great parting gift to where this is still your last season, buddy. Regardless whether Satterfield stays or not, you need to be gone. But I, it's still it's still nice to have some fond memories. And this was one of them. The defense looked awesome on Saturday. Even even giving up some yards in the running game, just it, it was the point where I, I looked at the box score on Sunday and was like, I didn't. How did the hell did their running back have 130 yards rushing? Hit a couple big. Like I guess yeah, he yeah. had like one big one. I know, but. It just didn't seem like it was ever there. Slovis looked slow. Awful. I mean, he's he's not good. Um, the defense, Louisville's defensive line probably played the best it's played in three years in all a single time. game. They were great. I mean, all time. Yeah, I mean, and the linebackers in his tenure, the front seven in general, but the secondary still obviously you know could do some some help. But the front seven, especially the front that front four, was as good as you've seen. I mean, it was. I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed losing a little bit. I mean, I don't mind. Like I said, I, if I'm going to pick against them and they're make me look foolish, if there's anyone that I want to make me look foolish, it's going to be Louisville. I mean, it was, according to every... I'm not going to come out here and like start praising Malik, though. Malik was still... Malik was bad. Yeah, I mean... Malik, we'll, we'll talk about Malik. But the defense. According to every 
you know, analytics site, all these these different rating systems. It was Louisville's best defensive game in a long, long time. Oh, not, not just this year. Dude, analytics, you could watch the game and know that. Well, I, I know they held, you know, they held USF to three. They held a Central Florida team that had been really good on offense besides before running into East Carolina this past weekend. They held them to 14 <laughs> points. But this game against Pitt, Israel Abanaconda, you mentioned 28 carries for 129 yards, which on, on the surface sounds good. You still held a guy who had been averaging 6.4 yards per carry to 4.6 yards per carry. He had a, a couple of, of runs that he busted out for 25-plus. But besides that, they did a fantastic job on him. And they did not let him get loose. They, they, they did not let him get loose to a point where Pitt could just say, hey, it's not Keaton Slovis' night. Hadn't been his year. But it, it's not his night. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> We're not going to let him let him rip. They Louisville forced Pitt to keep throwing the ball. They, they did what Pitt was trying to do to Louisville, which and did so kind of effectively on offense, which was make Malik make plays with his arm. Malik couldn't get it done. Thankfully, Louisville's defense was able to step up. And I think the difference in the game was the turnovers. Um, the turnover battle, the stat, once again, we win the turnover battle, we win the game. It has been a theme consistently in the Scott Satterfield era. And then not just the turnovers, but in the game's decisive play is a touchdown by the defense that, that sets the final margin and makes it look probably more lopsided than it actually was, a uh, 24-10 final. Yasir Abdullah, I said this on Saturday night, I think played probably the best individual game that a UofL defensive player has played since, like, the only one that comes to mind is Jair Alexander at Clemson in 2016. Besides, oh, I mean, the Doomerville game against UK. I mean, Well, that was before then, so okay. that, would, that would be, you know, since. Um, but, yeah, clearly Doomerville, I mean, yeah. six sacks, but that was back in, in oh, uh, 05, 06, 05. Yeah, so yeah. The, the Jair game, I think, is the most recent game that I'm like, yeah, like, he played – Insanely well. I can't remember a game between 2016 and now where a guy made more of an impact than Yasir did. And he was today rightfully named ACC Linebacker of the Week. We finally got a, a Player of the Week from the ACC. He was... They couldn't deny us. He had seven tackles, one sack, two tackles for loss, broke up two passes at the line of scrimmage, rushed Keaton Slovis three times, but he was everywhere. Yeah. Every time you looked up. And I almost made the tweet. I was like, "He's your seer. He's your there. He's your every bleeping where." And I held off because it was a bad tweet. But I was like, "I want." Well, that wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. But is, it, it was, is any worse than the text I sent you, which was, uh, what was it, uh, Apacanda? Apacanta. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. But Yasir Abdullah was just tremendous, and you can see why he's getting a little bit more buzz as a potential NFL draft pick. Um, I thought Momo Masanogo played really well. I thought Yaya Diaby. I know he was hurt a little bit. He played yeah. very well. We clearly, I did send this tweet out. We clearly need more defensive players whose first names start with Yah because the hit rate is insane right now. We've got two. They're both incredible. We need more. They've got to be out there somewhere. But that defense overall, just tremendous for four quarters. The offense did not help them out at all. It, a lot of times the, the, the defense would get forced to turn over. The offense would give it right back on three plays. And the defense gets the final touchdown to, to really just put the game away. It was as impressive, and, and I'm like you. I'm not going to give Brian Brown like just a, a total free pass because they played so well this game. But the defense, by and like overall in the season, if you look at the numbers, has been stronger than the offense this year for the first time. So if if we're complaining about things at the end of the season, if it does wind up being another six and six season, which I told you last week, it's the setup is there. The no, path is. is I know it I was is. like, we're winning one of these two games. We're going to beat James Madison. Who, by the way, lost again this week to Marshall, and then we're going to beat a Devin Learyless NC State team. To have a perfect six and six record, the path it feels unavoidable at this point. But if we can somehow win more, if we get to seven and five, if we can get to eight and four, uh, God willing, 
I think you have to give a, a lot of credit to the defense because, yeah, they were bad against Boston College. Yeah, they couldn't cover the one tall dude on Florida State's team. <laughs> but outside of that, they've been outside pretty damn those, good this dude. year. They, they have been they have been when Louisville's been at its best. It's been the defense carrying them and not the offense this year, which has not been the case under Scott Satterfield. If we had this defense last year, well, defense. I mean. I mean, the, the bad games would be what Syracuse and yeah, but even Syracuse doesn't look as bad now because Syracuse is pretty good. But and then those numbers from that game were not as bad as we thought they were at the time. They just were bad because we thought Syracuse was like a team that was going to average fourteen points per game. The defense has been; they've had basically three not great games and four like tremendous games. And so the numbers like bear it out. The defense is better in almost every statistical category at this point than the offense has been. Um, and I think you have to, you know, if we'd had this defense last year, we're an eight and four team at least, maybe nine and three. You, a couple of those wins that that, you know, those losses that should have been wins, easily become wins if you have this defense. But it's time for the offense to to capitalize. We need Malik to be better. There's no way around it. We, we sort of touched on it briefly there. Malik was not good on Saturday night. He, he was, <laughs> he was downright bad. He did not. He was our he was our uh, second leading receiver, which was great that we had that trick play. But it's Brinks been, has two passes this year, by the way. They two, they're maybe the two nicest passes all season. I, they both plays have worked. <laughs> they both have worked. <laughs> but Malik threw the air 10 of 21, 122 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He did a little bit of damage on, on the ground, nine carries for 46 yards. But this was not the type of performance. If you'd read those stats before the game, I think we all would have been like, we lose, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, especially going in a game against a team that I know is, was decent, I thought, or at least better than that. I thought they yeah. were. We, he, he missed open guys. He, I think, didn't go through his reads. We brought Doc, Brock Doman in a, a few times, I think. Well, with health reasons. Well, for health yeah. reasons. The, you know, the second half start, I think, is still a little bit. Which, I mean, the, and then Brock got dinged up a little bit, too, which is apparently why he had to come out. For the record, I wouldn't have called the, the roughing the pass around Malik, so then, therefore, calling it on us against Slovis was ridiculous. That, that's the thing. Yeah. If you didn't call the one on Malik, because there were – there, I wouldn't have called it on either. I, I was fine. I'm 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 okay. But you have him. to be consistent. Yeah, you can't if, do if, one if, not the other. If you don't throw the flag on Malik, you can't throw that flag on Slovis. Yeah, it's like we're doing a makeup call. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> that's not that's not the way this is supposed to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel as overall encouraging as Saturday night's performance was. I still feel confident in saying this. If we don't get better, if this is the Malik that we get for the last five games of the season, I think we go one and four in those games. I, mean, I, like, I think you can beat James Madison with him playing that way. If he doesn't play better. But the defense can play well. I mean, let's. Yeah. I think we, well, now you feel like you've got something with the defense a little bit. I, I just also, I want to see. I'm, if you, you want me to stop hating on the defense despite back to back good performances, do it against a good offense in Wake Forest this weekend. Because the last two, the offenses that, that we've been, and I know Central Florida has been played well outside of our game, but I mean, my memory is well enough to remember that. That was a game where we were leaving receivers just butt crack wide open, and the quarterback couldn't get it to him. And that was more. I still look at that more as a bad offensive play than a great defensive play by us in that game. Now the Pittsburgh game, we we took it to him, but again, this is hostile Pittsburgh offense. It's not very good either, especially from the quarterback position. It's They're been not bad. as bad as you you were talking about them being last week, though. Like, I didn't think they'd be this bad. No, they their were, numbers were good. They were they were worse. Seeing them, and same with Virginia. Like I guess. I, I didn't expect them to be as bad as they were, too. I mean, I know Tony Elliott apparently has killed Brendan Armstrong's career and all, but, I mean, they they both have looked really bad. 
<laughs> but they have but against us, but not True. against everybody else. So, well, the Slovis, common denominator Slovis there. Look, looked bad all year, pretty much. He's right? not been great, but I mean, this is a pit team that was still averaging. If you take out the the uh, the the one game they had against FCS, thirty five points per game. We held them to ten. I mean, we held the nation's leading all purpose yards guy to almost two full yards per carry less than he'd been averaging this we season. We saw 180, 80, 180 yards total offense, but I mean. He did, which is below his season average. Is, well, that's, and, he's having a health season, that's why. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's number one in the country. We, yeah. we held him below his, his typical average. I mean, he's coming off a 320-yard game and with six touchdowns against Virginia Tech. Like, mm. Virginia Tech's defense has been not great. They gave up 45 to Pitt, and Slovis looked – at least decent. What I'm, what I'm saying is this: the defense is not has not been the problem more times than not. Like the the defense has been better than we thought they were going to be. They have not been woeful. They've taken that step forward. The offense needs to step up a little bit, and I think the the, the script has flipped a little bit. Maybe we need Satterfield spending more time with the offense again. Maybe, maybe that needs to be the change. He clearly is making whatever, whatever yeah. he's doing on the defensive side of the ball, which we're still not clear about. It kind of reminds me. It reminds me of the office episode when they announced that they're closing the um, the Scranton branch. And so Michael and Dwight go, and they stand outside of David Wallace's house until they can get over. And they find out, like they're like, they're like Stanford's closed, and they're like, "We did it, we we did it." What do we do? I, I kind of feel like that's happening with the defense. Like I'm not sure exactly what Scott Satterfield's doing, but ever since he announced he was working more with the defense, the defense has been great, and the special teams, which which have been pretty good too. But now we need him back for the offense. Well, I thought the offense was okay with Lance Taylor last week, but you know this. There was a point during the game. I think the first half the offense was just sputtering. I'm like. I hear Satterfield now. I had, it was all last this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, had nothing yeah, to do with it. Yeah, I wasn't calling any of the plays. This call, yeah, I finally let him call the plays this week. <laughs> uh, but still, regardless, big victory for the Cards. Now, I think it sets up a situation where you, because like I said at the beginning, I don't think there's any sort of diametric shift. I, I don't think that the landscape is shifted. If because there's already a text on the text line. Have you, are you changing your thought on Scott Satterfield being the coach next year? My answer right now is no. If you ask me right now, do I think Scott Satterfield is your Louisville football coach in 2023? My answer is still no. Does it change if we beat Wake Forest on Saturday? Yes. That's. It would not have changed if we'd lost to Virginia last week or if we'd lost to Pitt on Saturday. It changes now that you've won those two games. You've given yourself the opportunity to change things with a victory over Wake Forest and then an even stronger last four weeks of the season. But as of right now, I gotta see it. We, we need a win that has some serious oomph behind it. Now, you, you, your your perspective of the I don't think Saturday put back make sure that's your opinion. My opinion. What about you, Fan Mike? Does Fan Mike has Fan Mike accepted bringing Saturday back next year? Well, Fan Mike and my opinion are the same thing. No, 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 no. I want Fan Mike. This is Fan Mike. Fan Mike. You, you're getting Fan Mike on the air. Like I'm, I am a fan. This is my. All I'm giving you is fan Mike. I don't want there's, I don't want media Mike. There's there is no media. I don't Mike. want media Mike opinion. There, there is no media. You know, Mike. Where, where's the nice shirt and the tight and the jeans? I've and, never done that. And the, and the, I don't know who you're thinking of. <laughs> fan Mike and radio Mike and I've, media Mike. They're all the same person. I've seen media Mike. He's got the picture. You know that looks like he's like he's running for comptroller that used to use on the podcast. I mean, no, that person. I've never covered a game with media pass. <laughs> that's that's media Mike. Yeah, that, this is yeah. fan Mike. This is this is the same thing. Yelling yeah. at Trevor to be nice to Vince. That's media Mike. No, that, that has I, not I, happened I, either. I, 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 want, I want fanatic Mike, the one that lost his voice screaming at Slovis on Saturday. Now this is. I want fan Mike, the one that the one that tried. I don't really the, know what you're talking they about. Put a, they put a for sale sign in front of Jared Goff's house on Sunday. Well, want, <laughs> once again, that's still we're the same person here. So that's yeah, that's where I stand. That's so, where. so you 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 still want 
him gone. Re- no, 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 no. I, I don't want and think are two different That's things. what I'm saying. That's what I'm asking. Fan mic is what you want. Media mic is what you think. What does medium fan mic want? Do you want well, Satterfield still back? You're asking there? the same person two different questions. I can give you two different answers. Well, then answer them both, buddy. Do I want him back? I think it depends. I, I think if he gets to a point, let's say he wins eight games this year, then yeah, I want him back. If he doesn't, if we're six and six, and you're asking me, like, do I think he'll be back? My answer is yes. Do I want him back? No. But if he can get to seven and five, then yeah, like, I'm, I'm on board. I think he deserves another year, and I'm, I'm ready to see it. I'm happy to see it. If he wins this weekend, it would change a lot in my eyes. What about Brian Brown's job? Yeah, I think he's done a great job this year. And so he's, you're still willing to bring him back? If he, depending on how the last five weeks, if the last five weeks go like the last couple of weeks, then yeah, for sure. Three bad years does not make up for one for me. Sorry, Brian. Well, I mean, it's not making up. It's showing progress, <laughs> right? That's, I mean, it's not like we're not electing him into office. We're, we're looking at progress. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, let's take Not a break. getting my vote. <laughs> let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit of Louisville Live. We'll also go to the text line, your thoughts on the football game at 502-414-1450. It's the Thornton Sex Line. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a, a horsey Monday afternoon. Horsey. Here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. All right, welcome back in. Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Again, apologies for my voice here. We're doing the best we can. Uh, it's a little bit shot, but better than it was a couple of days ago. Hopefully, it will continue to get stronger as the week goes on. We've got a lot to react to today, so we could not put today's show on the back burner. Had to come in here. Had to be here for the people. And thanks so much for spending some time with us as we broadcast live, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. We have a lot to react to from the weekend. We focused on football here in the first segment. I tell you what, because we've got we, we got Matt McGavitt coming on at four standing. He's going to talk about the red-white scrimmage since neither Trevor or I were able to make it out there yesterday. So we'll take some text to end this segment, and then we'll get to our thoughts on Louisville Live coming up at the end of next hour. Trevor is now putting on intern Patrick's jacket. He's gonna. That's a terrible idea. This is not a. This is an awful idea. Do not put it all the it's way. It's a on. little too small for me. It's, it's a that too, guy and a little. I mean, Patrick's a big kid. He's not that big. Don't put it all the way on. It's already too small for me. So, it uh, says small. It runs really big because I normally wear like an extra large hoodie, but that thing says small. I really don't get it. Yeah. Well, I don't think I could wear it. Probably still too big for me. I'll put it on. It'll, it'll fit you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We've got uh, we got Trevor now in the the main room here. Patrick running the board. How does it feel back there? You feeling confident? Feeling good? Uh, this chair you like sink into it. There's like a it hole. does. It's Trevor. It's leisure leisure style. What's wrong with the chair? It's cratered. He says he's sinking into it too much. <laughs> Look, the large imprint on there. I tell you Is my what, my mic on. Your mic yes. on. You sound good. You sound great. <clears throat> nice cough. You don't have the cough button. Anymore. I know the cough, but I don't like this. Welcome to hell. 
<laughs> this is my hell. Text says, uh, There's no screw on here either. Let's go do. Yeah, I know that, that one's loose. So there's, there's this one actually. 502 414 the Thornton Sex Line. Download uh, the Refreshing Rewards app today to save you money every time you need to fuel up at one of the 45,417 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They do it and they know what they're doing. First text we got today said this Yasir Abdullah is Pitt's dad. Is what? Pitt's dad. Oh, Pitt's daddy. Correct. He was bad. He was a bad, bad man. We talked about last week, too, and I think, I don't know if we just overlooked it because we just hadn't kind of lack of confidence in our own defense, but we talked about the, the injuries on that offensive line at Pittsburgh. Yeah. And we kind of glossed over it slightly. Well, there's just one. And it, apparently it was a big one because they were all coming off that tackle that tackle side. Yeah, it was the left And tackle. I assume it's that's who the, who was injured in the game and or didn't start and they had probably some Poor freshman out there wet himself every other other other, other snap. Well, you see, he was coming off the other side a lot of the time. Like so, it was both tackles were bad. The right tackle yeah. was certainly not good. I don't know if they've been if they had been watching film on Louisville. I mean, our mo the last really since the start of the you know, after the Syracuse game has been just create havoc. Like we're blitzing up. I mean, kind of what we've asked Brian Brown to do the last three years. Like just take chances. If we give up some big plays, so what? We need to create some big plays. We've been giving up big plays even when we don't exactly. play. Exactly. There's no point in laying back and like just letting them march down the field on you when we can't create turnovers anyway. So we've been rushing a ton of guys. They've been getting in the backfield and making big plays. And it was like Pitt wasn't ready for that for some reason. But um, fine with me. Texas, I was at the game on Saturday. The crowd was thin, but it was great to see the defense show out. A can of pandas looked like a dynamic player, and it was a nice surprise to see our guys contain him. The crowd, the crowd seemed okay. I, didn't, I don't remember seeing too many crowd shots to see how full it was. Full it was though. I thought there was because I think the official attendance wound up being announced at like thirty-seven thousand and change. So close to thirty-two, probably. Uh, yeah, I I thought it was going to be more. To be quite yeah. frank, based on what I'd heard, like the week, just like people not looking to give away tickets, people talking about going out to the game, people talking about enjoying the, the weather. The fans who were there it was kind of like the, um. I guess the the Florida State game on Friday, like, they were loud. That, yeah. that, that crowd, you expect them to be loud. You have the diehards there. So I was a little disappointed that the, the number wasn't higher. It was probably, what, like a stripe and a half game? We thought it might be a half stripe I don't game. Know, it's just over 30,000. Is that a half stripe game? I mean. I was there. Patrick was there. Patrick was there. Did you see Did you see all three stripes? Most of all three stripes. There were a lot of stripes. So about Two and a half stripe game. Two and a half stripe yeah. game. Yeah. yeah that's, fine. that's about right. <laughs> we're never going to get a half stripe game. We're never going to empty those stripes out. That was the best advertising Adidas ever did was put that up there. They really did. Yeah, because it's, it's never been covered. Yeah. <laughs> Texas says, are we starting this already? Texas, do we storm the field after a win over a top 10 wake team? No. I don't think so. I mean, I'm not going to judge if we do. We're unranked. I wouldn't judge, but I was. They're top 10. No. I mean, I think if you're unranked top, against a top 10 opponent, you're more than welcome to. This is... I do love I do love the my pushback. the backlash of Clemson people now every, every t- oh God. I can't believe they stormed it they do it every game but but they Dinguses. only it only happens when they show it on a national broadcast I know it's like so I, I saw them show it after they beat Syracuse the Die movement took a hit but I saw I them show it, and I was like oh here it comes and I was like I wanted to do it so bad but I'm like we play them it's been a, a, four full years since we played at Death Valley we got five weeks to that game. I gotta save up. I, I gotta get my fill in November when we're playing that game. I can't, I can't do it now. My, because I, I get it. Wake's a top ten team. We haven't. We've got a long time without like huge victories in this program. But here's my evidence, my support, my exhibit A for me saying no. It's Wake. 
I mean, it's wake. I, I guess if it were Clemson with the top ten ranking coming in, sure. If it were Florida State with the top ten ranking coming in, sure. It's wake. So the, the the ranking, you're saying the ranking doesn't matter. It matters what the team is. Pretty much. I'm saying it, the ranking matters, but so it can be wake, outweighed. What, what by if the Wake was undefeated and ranked number one in the country? Well, then yeah, we do. I, I'm fine. I'm fine with oh, okay, that. Okay, that's so, a little bit. So there, so there is there's a limit on the ranking then. Yeah, I mean, I, if we were like a 25 point underdog to a Wake Forest team that was number one in the country and it destroyed everybody, I mean, then assuming sure. we're going to be like what seven point underdogs at least five right now. Five right now, okay. And most of like the the predictive metrics have it like being kind of a game that we should be right there. In. Like uh, Bill Connolly's S and P is losing by four. Like, there's nobody who's coming into this saying like Wake is just going to walk in here and, and dog walk Louisville and destroy him for four quarters. It's it, they've been good. We deserve to be underdogs. It would be a huge victory. And it, it, and I'm not like planting my flag here and saying like I'm going to be furious if the kids storm the field. If they storm the field, fine. Like that that's that's what I would just say like if I were like you know sometimes it just takes one person to like get everybody out storming. Like that one it takes that one student to run on the field and get the whole crowd going. Like if it were up to me, like you can. Make this a field storm, or you cannot make it a field storm. I would lean towards no. What, what, but I'm not going to hate it. What if world are we in? Where, where I'm, I'm like the young hip guy, and you're the, the well. You can give an opinion. So you're for it. You say you say yes. If you're unranked and playing, and, and, and now if we were Florida State or Clemson, I would say no. But we're, I mean, despite what I know, we we love to think we're still a mid-major program. I mean, we're Easy. mid-level. Mid-major. We're playing the ACC. I mean, well, I mean, in terms of, like, the, the pecking order of traditions and programs, we're still in the mid-level. And if we're beating a top-10 team, we're unranked at home, I say storm away. I agree with Mike. Yeah. It's I Wake agree. Forest. It's Wake Forest. It's still a top-10 team. Yeah, but it's Wake Forest. But it's Wake Forest. <laughs> Texas, we cannot storm the field. People are going to look around the country going, why, why did they storm the court field? It's just Louisville. We just got to gather at the paw. We got to get the paw. We got Paul Rogers out there. Meet at the beak. Get the paw. Gather at the paw. Gather at the paw. Meet Paul. We're just going to run to the media room. <laughs> Everybody storm. He's got meet at the paw. Uh, what elevator is going to be packed? <laughs> Texas says we cannot storm the field against Wake. That makes us seem so far from what we should be, how far we have fallen. I mean. Texas says not a field storm. It's celebrate with the team. <laughs> Texas, Mike, I love you, but we haven't had fun around here in a long effing time. If we win, meet me at the peak. We should meet the Adidas. I'm not gonna hate. Like it's I just said, everybody cover the Adidas. Everybody up in that section. Like I said, I'm not gonna hate it, but it would just kind of be like, I know what the reaction from rival fans would be, and I would kind of agree with them. Where it's like, you know, you guys used to storm the field after beating top five teams or beating Florida State. Now you're doing it after beating Wake. Again, you're you're, you're same way, but you're overlooking the fact they are still a top ten team. For right now, like in this brief moment in time, okay, yeah, but like you know, it's 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 Wake. Like if we beat them, I can see Wake Forest like not being a top twenty-five team by the end of the year. Possibly, I mean, they're not going to drop completely out if we beat them. Though. No, but they'll drop down, and if they lose a couple of, of more games, which I think is, is certainly possible, I think that could happen. Texas, no storming. Act like you've been there, even if it's been a really, really, really long time. I can't believe we're already having. Yeah, this where's the last time Monday. we've been there? I mean, it's been a while. Well, I mean, we had game day here like five years ago. <laughs> it's not that long. It's getting long. Texas says if Mike gargles on his spit a little bit more, you might fool someone into thinking that you're Matt Jones. <laughs> Matt Jones Is that a Matt Jones? I never noticed. Does he do I, that? I've thought of that. Not to my knowledge. And this texture now has brought that up, and like I just heard the ceiling crash. Now I'm gonna like listen to him and hear it now every time. <laughs> Texas says, Sat's a good coach who I think is maturing. He's still going to make this awkward and give it, uh, give the rest of the schedule close games and actually maybe pull out a win against UK. Roller coaster Sat doesn't stop. I've already told you. I mean, last week, I told you that the roller coaster, Scott, 
scenario. That's, oh, yeah. You, going you nailed it. Yeah. I said, we're going to win one of these two games, Pitt or Wake. We're going to beat James Madison, who now doesn't look as formidable as we thought they were a few weeks ago. We're going to beat them. Well, they're not undefeated. But yeah, I mean, they, they lost to Marshall this past week. Have you actually watched them play? I haven't. I watched their game against Georgia Southern a little bit. Oh, did you? Okay. And they, I mean, they're fine. Like, they're okay. And this, they, their offense did nothing against Marshall this past weekend. A Marshall team that was, I think, under 500 going into the game. Yeah. It's a game that we should win. If you win that game, which I think is going to happen, I think we get destroyed by Clemson. I, and this again, this is me just trying to analyze like the most possible awkward sat scenario. We get destroyed by Clemson. We beat NC State, who is still technically ranked. But who doesn't have Devin Leary, and nobody gives us credit for that. And we probably knock him out of the top twenty-five. Did they? they did they play this week? With I think they were off this week. Or are they okay? And then we we play Kentucky in a game where UK controls things, but it's not nearly as as, as bad as it's been the last three times under Satterfield, and we lose by I don't know 10, 13 points. So it's like it's right back there, like just okay across the board. You get the win over Pitt, which doesn't seem as good as you thought it would be going into the season. You've got no real. Knockout, top tier, top twenty-five victories. The NC State win doesn't carry as much weight because their quarterback's out and they kind of faded down the stretch. You got hammered by Clemson. You weren't competitive in that game. You were more competitive against Kentucky. But what a sad statement to make. We're good with just being within thirteen points of UK. So you're gonna have the fan base that's like, yeah, like it was, it was just okay. That's the supreme awkward sat scenario. And so that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. Mark it down. 66. No, I agree. I know, it's I know. inevitable. Yeah, you're right. I, you you called it last week with the pit win. Texas says, "I'm just trying to get all the the text now." Texas says, "We all know we're meeting at Andy's TV if we beat Wake. I'll be there. I've never been to Andy's with TV. bells on. You should. It's incredible. Tell <laughs> you about your TV. It's where all the real stuff in the city goes to goes down." <laughs> Texas says, "We had game day against Miami. People forget that. Oh yeah, we did in the COVID season because there was like because we were one of the only. I mean, two- App State had game day this year." They did, but like we only we had it. For, it's like it's not like the game day is reserved for literally like the upper echelon only. I mean, well, it usually is. We and they they they'll go to like one of the lower games if there's no other like gigantic game. We only and we only had game day during the COVID season because two conferences were playing at that time. The ACC and the Pac, point, yeah. The ACC and the Pac, and the Big or Pac twelve got started or the Big twelve got started earlier than anybody else. So we had them. We got housed. Um, Texas says, we played Wake in the Orange Bowl when we were at one of our peaks, and now we want to storm the field against them. I mean, yeah, and that peak was their peak as well. Case in point, we played them in the Orange Bowl. Texas, mark my words, the line will be less than minus three. Wake Forest by kickoff. A lot of early money is saying take U of L. Really? Yeah, right. our, the lines have gone really in our favor for the most part. Texas says, I stormed the field as a kid when Cragthorpe beat number 24 USF at home. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Okay, now. I don't remember storming the field in that game. After that that game. one, I will. No. 24, I'm not laughing. And the only reason I'm okay in Wake Forest is because it's top 10 team. I remember. We're we, unranked top 10. You you probably deserve to storm the field. We stormed the game that you talked about, the last game that I think you said you attended. We stormed when we beat Rutgers at the end of the 07 season. Did and we? I, I don't, yeah, we did. I don't think they were ranked. And it was kind of embarrassing, but it was also like, this season sucks so bad. Everybody's so mad. Let's just whatever. Like let's feel good for one night. I don't remember the storming after the the USF game though. I feel like the, the, the stormings remind, make me feel like Twenty Two Jump Street when they try to storm the field and they storm after every field and the goalposts won't come down. Clemson, <laughs> what it was based on. Texas storming the field against Wake would be the epitome of the Satterfield era. I mean, it, I, I I'm I'm kind of with the textures. 
I just, it just, you just, we don't need to do that. So it's, it's, you just want it to be a, a sexy name that, that makes you. It has to be a combination, sexy name and top ten. Or like, if Wake, if this, if they, if Wake was like you said, if they were undefeated and like top five, then sure, yeah. But right now, like, and we have to be unranked too. If we're ranked, you shouldn't storm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. If you're, if you're, even if you're like twentieth and they're like number three, you probably shouldn't storm. Unless like we stormed the field when it was, or unless it's like your first one over Clemson because we've never beaten them. Or like that Tennessee game when they were top twenty, right? Like we and beat Bama. We stormed when we were number five and in West Virginia was number three, which I was fine with. Blackout yeah. game, like crazy buildup, like huge game. I'm fine with that. Or that, or the Lamar Florida State game. Yeah, I was fine with that too. And the Tennessee one he brought up, I agree too. You're snapping a 15 year losing streak for sure. And I think, I, I think you can slide, yeah, the, the, the year ranked 20th and they're ranked number three. Texas, I got to say, I want Sad to stay, to stay just so I can see what he does with some top talent. No excuses. I want it to happen so either the he can't coach or he just needed time. People are proven right. Yeah, I mean, we're always in limbo. Like, there's always just like a – he hasn't made it clear-cut one way or the other, which is – it's so odd because it's the first time in the modern era of Louisville football that we've been in this position, right, where it was, you know – John L. clearly was getting it done here. Ron Cooper clearly wasn't getting it done here. Then you go to Petrino 2.0 or 1.0, clearly getting it done, but leaves for a better job. Craig Thorpe, clearly not getting it done, gets fired. Charlie, clearly getting it done, leaves for a better job. Petrino, honestly, 2.0 is the closest thing that we've gotten to Craig Thorpe. And, and it was totally different because the first three years of him being back were great. Like you're, you're like, yeah, this is the best guy for the job. We're ascending to a different level. And then... Out of nowhere, the bottom just completely falls out to the point that he gets fired in the middle of the season. And with Satterfield, we last as long as Lamar did. Yeah, we, we, pretty much. I, mean, I wonder if we don't ha- we don't get Lamar. Just how long does Petrino two last? It's a fair question. I think the best coaching job he did was the first year we didn't have Lamar. I mean, the, he took a team with with really with a running back slash receiver playing quarterback and Reggie Bonifon yeah. and got them to nine wins. They one at Notre Dame probably should have had a couple more wins. They should have beaten Clemson on their home field that game. Um, but yeah. with Satterfield, there's just there's such little lack of clarity one way or the other. It's all just mid, as the kids say these days. Uh, Patrick, do you still say mid? That's an that, that's no. an that's an MJF tagline, by the way. Is it? He started that. Some kids say that for sure. MJF, to, he comes out uncomfortable mid. It's a pot reference. You should love it. Is it really? Yeah, it's all based on you know when the mids sell them. That old saying. Oh, is that what it's based off of? Yeah. Like from back day we said, yeah, mid, yeah, yeah. I never thought about that. Brown uh, bagging it. Yeah, brown bagging it. <laughs> Texas says, TK is gonna, needs to attend the game so that we win and we storm the field. Every game Trevor goes to, we storm. <laughs> if I, so if I go like fourth game, we win, people are going to storm. Yes. If you go to the James Madison game and we win, people are storming. <laughs> Trevor's there. Done. <laughs> they can show me in the, uh, on the big screen. Is, are we going to storm today? Let's find out if Trevor's in his seat. Texas no field storm, but if we win on the last uh, on a last second play, it's happening. I agree with that. I, I can see that because a lot of times when you like a, like a field goal or a touchdown or something, yeah, like the emotion of the moment carries over. And like I said, all you need is like twenty drunk kids to be like we're storming for like everybody to storm. Did we storm last year's Central Florida game? No, no, no. Thank God. I mean, <laughs> that would have been. We're talking about Wake not being good enough for storm against unranked Central Florida. Would have been. I, was just, I don't know why it just popped in my head thinking about the way the dramatic way we ended that game. Texas, no, don't storm the field over with a win over G awake. Geez, that's lame. Go to the alley after the win and celebrate. I went there for the first time Saturday. That place is fun. I still haven't been to the alley, so I've not done it, had that experience yet. 
Texas, it's hard to believe that Brown is still calling the plays after the awful play calling against FSU and BC. We should be 6-1. and one. I was waiting for somebody to bring it up. I haven't let my mind go there. I know a lot of people have. But you know, Trevor. We should, what, what's that, Mike? We're just a couple of plays away from being 6-1 right now. Oh, good Lord. And our only loss being to a Syracuse team that's 6-1 as well. Who could be undefeated. Should have been. Got screwed by the refs. They did. And I or die. The refs hate Robert and I. They do. They don't want him to succeed, which means he'd be even better a fit here because the ACC also hates us. Texas, I said it a couple weeks ago. I'll say it again. Satterfield is a heavy favorite to win the Frank Broyles Top Assistant Coach Award <laughs> because of his role as the assistant to the defensive coordinator. Assistant to the re- – yeah. They, they, um, I just like how the, the, the Texas knows the Frank Broyles Award. It's impressive. Yeah. Texas is in Arkansas, I believe. Texas in all caps. We want Sack gone. I mean, I'm you, you have yet. He's got to do more to make me keep him around still at this point. Texas, the 2014 coaching job was not good at all. I we don't had, know if I can do enough. We had 11 draft picks at the end of that season. Should have won 10 or 11 easily. Agree or disagree? Texas, says we need the we need to suss out the rest of the season with Sat. So far, it's just mid. <laughs> the kids, they love the lingo. Hey, uh, that's no cap. Last, last. <laughs> my buddy, by the way, said to me the other day. No cap. I just looked at him. I was like, "Dude, you're 42 years old." Yeah. He was like, "What?" I'm like, "No, no." He's like, well, "What? It just means that's no lie." I'm like, "Yeah, I know what it means. I'm aware what it means now." I'm telling you, you can't say. I that. don't care, <laughs> dude. Don't you sound like? This is the last text before we go to break because we have to come back. We'll get Matt McGavick on for a red white scrimmage talk. Texas. The more I think about how angry Clawson would be, the more I want us to storm the field. Honestly, that's the best point that's been made so far. Clawson? That made Dave Clawson. Oh. The way coach. I was like in the corner, Jimmy Clawson copped in my head. I was like, why is the quarterback? That text may have single-handedly changed my mind. I still say no, but. Ah, see? It would make him mad, and I would love it. I Dave Clawson, I can't stand him. I don't like his, I don't like anything about him. He's, and he's so angry. He's like Fran McCaffrey mad. I That would send him over the top. Now I kind of want it to happen. He'd probably somehow complain. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? He called the, the league right up before he got it in the locker room. First of all, can we afford to storm the field? Yes. All right, because, I mean, I've heard it costs. <laughs> what if Josh Hurd's like, the difference between firing Satterfield and not was the, the fans storming the field. Oh, what if he comes we didn't have the money. Yeah. <laughs> that cost us the money we were going to get. We would have fired him, but, you know, hey, yeah, that was our buyout money. Hope you guys are happy. You guys you guys made the choice easy for us. <laughs> it's done. All right, we've got to go to break. When we come back, uh, Matt McGavick so will join good. us at 410. We'll talk a little red-white scrimmage from yesterday. Who stood out? Who didn't stand out? How did Kenny Payne's first sort of de facto day as Louisville's head coach of the KFC Yum Center go for all parties included? Before we do that, I want to remind you guys again about – our friends over at AirServe, if you have a heating problem this winter, it's going to get cold again pretty soon. There's only one place to go. It's AirServe. Call them any hour of the day, 24 hours a day at 502-264-9662. They have uh, somebody available to take your call, whether it's 3 a.m., 3 p.m., noon, midnight, and they have technicians available for you 24-7. Over at AirServe, they're always focused on air quality and energy efficiency. No matter what your problem is, they're going to make sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air in your home. Visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville or call them directly at 502-264-9662. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to Matt McGavick about the red-white scrimmage. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It rolls on next here on 1450 The Big X.
I can't even sing. That's that's the sad thing. Like, I wanted to like chime in right there, but I knew when I got to that, ooh, I wasn't gonna be able to do it. Like, you can do it. I can't. At least say the girl with the push-up young bra. Young Tucker girl in a push-up bra. I mean, what, what 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 adolescent young man didn't know that line? I sure did. Mind you, <laughs> I legit have visions of like driving in my mom's car to Holy Trinity in the morning, like hearing that in the line, like like the, the stoplight on Hubbard's Lane, and being like, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy hearing that at 7.30 in the morning. Thank you, 99.7 DJX. Getting those hormones flowing. DJX. Is there any life you didn't ruin? Wait, Solar Arby's advertising. Yeah, which I didn't go to today. Is that bad vibes? Did you end up getting it on Friday? I, I did. I went right after the show on Friday. Because somebody asked me if it, you ended up getting it, and I was like, if we win, probably. Yeah. If not, then, yeah, we can blame it on him. So, clearly, what are you doing starting? The, we had a fantastic weekend. You're already throwing the, the vibes off by not getting Although, you didn't get it last week on, on Monday and Tuesday, right? I think it was Monday Tuesday I skipped, yeah. So, I think it was Wednesday. And you were very hungry around 4.30. Yeah. There was too many cars in line. And I'm probably... <laughs> I was very pissed. You were very upset. If it turned Patrick had been here, I was going to send him there. Yeah, Patrick. Should I send him there today? the right day to skip. No. <laughs> he was going to send you to Arby's when you got here. Talking about it. He wasn't going to go. He would have gone. If I, but I told you to go, Patrick, would you have gone? Friday? Or just any day. Uh, if you ask me nicely. Oh. What if I offered to buy you lunch? I probably would go. So you have to do. You got to be like, just get something for yourself, too. Well, keep, don't get too comfortable there right now. All right. <laughs> uh, yesterday at the KFC Yum Center, we had the red-white scrimmage, the first time we saw a Kenny Payne team compete inside the KFC Yum Center. Uh I wasn't able to make it there. I was able to read, you know, all the different reports, see some of the highlight videos, but I wanted to make sure that we had somebody on there who was uh, actually in the building observing the action with his own eyes. So we turned to our guy, Matt McGavick, from Louisville Report, which is a member of the Sports Illustrated fan-sided network. You can follow him on Twitter, at Matt underscore McGavick. Very happy to have him back on the show. Matt, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I am having fun celebrating National Matt Ryan Benching Day. It's a new day for Colts fans. I don't want to say our long national nightmare is over because the season's only going to get downhill from here. But you know what? Embrace the tank. Bomb for Bryce. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Carson Wentz is looking a little bit better now, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Trevor. Yeah, no kidding. All it took for Matt Ryan to finally get benched was for me to have to pick him up in a desperate move and play him in fantasy last weekend. And I'm watching the game. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I dropped Kirk Cousins oh, the week before. No. Jalen Hurts was on a bye week. I had to pick up Matt Ryan. It was terrible. So, uh, kiss of death for sure. Uh, Matt, we brought you on. You were at the red-white scrimmage yesterday. First chance to see basketball in the Kenny Payne era. Before we get into some individual stuff and, and some specifics, just the overall feel. Uh, I mean, did it feel like years past? Was there a little bit of a, a different stamp that Kenny Payne put on this event? Or was it sort of, you know, did it feel like the red-white scrimmage is under Mac and Patino and, and, uh, of yesteryear? It. it- it was you. You could kind of pick up a little bit of a buzz heading in there, just because I think uh, as of right now, people are still pretty sold and bought into what Payne is preaching. We still, I mean, you've talked about it ad nauseum on your show. We, there's still a lot of unknowns with the Kenny Payne era, like how he's going to be as a coach, what's the team going to look like. So, like there was, and still proven otherwise, there, there was a lot of people still like firmly implanted in Kenny Payne's corner, and they wanted to show out and. There, there was a fair amount of people there. They were cheering like, almost every time, almost 10,000 at the Yum, which I thought was – the number there was probably a little bit fudge. But it, it did feel a little bit different 
as opposed to years past. I I, also, I just welcome the fact that they didn't switch up the rosters at halftime so you could actually track like the impact of certain players. Of course, that's just the stat nerd in me saying that. <laughs> I, I did see that. I was like, it's going to be impossible to follow, but thankfully they kept everything pretty straightforward. Was there... My biggest question coming in, my biggest sort of intrigue when it came into this event was seeing Kenny Payne's style. You know, what's he going to run on offense? What's the defense going to look like? And I don't know if there was a way to gauge that in a inner squad scrimmage, but did you get any sort of insight into what the style is going to look like for this team when they take the court officially coming up here in early November? Like you said, it's kind of hard to gauge it on an inner squad scrimmage because you can very clearly tell that the full-blown implementation of the scheme is still a work in progress. And uh, Kenny Payne just said, like, on multiple times over the offseason how he wants the the team to be kind of defensive-minded and have uh, more of a free-flowing offense, not really be bogged down by any sort of scheme or style or have to run a play every time. And, uh, well, it, it got kind of sloppy at times. I mean, ironically enough, the offense was actually better than the defense. I mean, they shot – over 50% for the game between both teams. And though the red team went up winning shot 55%. Um, Payne's biggest complaint about our game was that there wasn't a ton of help side defense. It seems like no matter if you were posting up, driving to the rim, what have you, there was a lot of like penetrating to the lane and being able to get to the rim. And it's quite obvious by the fact that out of the 118, 119 points scored, excuse me, 86 of them were in the paint. So there was, very little help side defense at all. And on top of that, the offense itself, while there was like a fair amount of points scored for an inner squad scrimmage only lasted half an hour, I mean, the offense itself didn't really start to really materialize into something that Kenny Payne wants to run until maybe the last one or two five-minute segments. There were 18 assists to 24 turnovers, so it wasn't that clean of basketball. But Payne said in those final two segments, they were starting to – kind of play off each other, become this more free-flowing offense where they're just implementing this, you know, pass it five times, penetrate to the lane, pass it out, and after you pass it a certain amount of times, take a shot. It, it did start to look a little bit cleaner towards the end, but I, I feel like we won't truly know what this team will look like until they play another team. It's funny you bring that up about the sort of the uncontested shots at the rim. Watching the highlight videos, my biggest takeaway was we're not really challenged. It doesn't seem like any shots are being challenged here. Uh, a whole lot of uncontested layups, a whole lot of driving to the basket with nobody stepping in to stop the ball. And that seems surprising to me with a team that is, let's be real, we have a lot of front court players. We are very tall. We're one of the tallest teams yeah. in college <laughs> basketball. I mean, was it in person? Did it kind of look the entire time like it did in those highlight videos where it was just guys not knowing when to challenge shots or knowing when to rotate. It was an odd thing to have happen for an inter-squad scrimmage with a team this big. Oh, yeah. Finding defensive rotations was obviously something they were kind of struggling with. I mean, like I said, I don't anticipate them getting it, you know, 2T in an inter-squad scrimmage in their first real time, like running with the lights on. But it, it, it did seem like there was a lot of, you know, confusion as to, oh, when should I help? When should I, like, you know, go for a shot? But – they were there were flashes where they started to you know play as a team defensive defensive uh, wise and you know kind of double team down low and time passed right but it was kind of few and far between I and I assume it'll get better uh, with the two exhibitions coming up because like previously there was no real like film to even you know go off and say like oh I'm putting this in play how does it look though now Kenny Payne has some like something tangible to work off of and like go in the film room and say, hey, you did this well, I did this well, I didn't do this well, we need to work on this. So I, I would expect it to get better because 
we've heard the guys like Sidney Courier is, get, is getting better defensively. Didn't really look good that didn't look that good defensively in this game. And guys like Brandon Honey Hatfield, Jalen Withers will, will will be a good front court presence down on defense. Holly Hatfield looked like he was kind of overthinking a little too much on both ends of the court, and Withers didn't even play. But I, I think it'll get better. It, it just might take a few games to actually get it going. We're talking red-white scrimmage with Matt McGavick of Louisville Report here on the Mike Rutherford Show. Uh, Matt, individually, it, it sounded like L. Ellis was a clear standout, especially when not just when it came to the guards, but just overall team looked like he was playing at a different level than everybody else. Is that kind of the way it looked to you? Oh, 100%. I know the stat sheet says that, you know, Sidney Curry had an 18-point, 10-rebound double-double in both categories, but anyone who was actually there watching the scrimmage, then, I mean, they can tell you, I mean, this was Alpha Ellis's show. Like, he was by far and away the best player on the court, and the only one that could contend him was Curry. But I'm pretty sure, like, it's, you can't even contend that. He he just looks on a different level competitively from everyone else. He was just as bit of explosive that we saw last year. He combined a pretty nice flashy passes with some solid fundamentally sound ones. He was a relentless finisher at the rim. He just kind of just had this extra gear, this burst about him to where, like, he's got a man in front of him, and then, boom, he's able to get right past him. There was this one play, actually, where he had Hersey Miller on him, and he just kicked into high gear, and Hersey ran right into the screener and kind of had trouble balancing on one leg. He just kind of made a couple guys look silly the way he was able to fly around the court. But still, it looked like he was relatively comfortable being the lead ball handler. I know, again, it is a scrimmage, but he had seven assists to three turnovers. He was doing a, a really bang-up job as the lead ball handler. But uh, unfortunately, I include the caveat that um, if L. Ellis goes down, Louisville might be uh, capital S screwed. Because not, nothing against Hersey Miller or Fabio Basilia, but it, it's, again, I don't want to take too many takeaways from a scrimmage, but it's it was kind of clear to me that they might not be ready for major minutes, especially Fabio. I mean, I know he, he did uh, get nine points, 11 boards, or something like that, but... You could tell that, athletically speaking, he just wasn't able to keep up with some of the other guys that he was guarding. As far as newcomers who did look like they were ready to make an impact, it, it sounded like Kamari Lands turning heads in his first you know, unofficial appearance as a Cardinal that kind of jives with everything that we've heard this summer. Uh, people talking about him looking like he was going to be ready to, to contribute right away as a freshman. And also Kenny Payne saying we need him to be like a sophomore or a junior if we're going to be good this year. Uh, your initial thoughts on seeing Kamari Lands for the first time? Oh, he, he was great. I mean, all offseason long, he's been billed as this elite uh, three-level scorer. And obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a, a transition from high school to college, no matter who you are. But, I mean, it there was a little bit of nervousness the first few minutes, but he settled in pretty quickly. He was the only player for the entire afternoon to hit multiple three-pointers. His drive to the rim seemed almost effortless. And personally, my favorite play from him on the afternoon was this. Um, he was posting up around the – the free throw line towards the end of the first half, and he had this nice turnaround, turnaround fadeaway jumper to kind of not really beat the buzzer, but close enough. Like he he looks really crisp as a scorer, and he I don't want to say he's going to be a leading scorer, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's top three on this team by the midway point of the year. He looks he looks really sharp as a shooter, as a scorer. Now, is that going to be his his niche role all year? We don't know, but I mean, if, if that's what he's going to be billed as for this team, he's. Going to be should be an effective score based on what we saw. There's been a lot of talk 
especially in recent weeks, about Brandon Huntley Hatfield. He wins the dunk contest on Friday at Louisville Live. But it sounded like Sidney Curry was the big man that most people were more impressed with on uh, on Sunday afternoon. What did you think of Huntley Hatfield's first uh, his debut performance at the KFCM Center? Huntley Hatfield seems like this guy who maybe overthinks things a little bit on, on both ends of the court. It seems like he wasn't just simply reacting to a play and be free-flowing free like Kenny Payne wants him to and just kind of overanalyzing any, everything, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but given the system that Payne wants to run, it seems like he's having like trouble really going through those type of motions. Not to say he, he played super poorly. I mean, he very clearly is can pr- uh, provide a matchup problem He's, he not only has the ability to score and bang bodies down below, but he can kind of stretch the defense a little bit with a little bit of a nice mid-range outside shot. I don't think he, now I don't think he's going to do that consistently, but the option is still there. It's just I think he's got to overcome what's in between the ears more than anything and just kind of get settled in with with the current scheme. I've, honestly, that's probably the biggest overall theme with everyone. It's just everyone just has to get settled into what's expected of them from a schematic standpoint. And along the same lines, another newcomer, Devin Ree, uh Kenny Payne lands him sort of at the 11th hour after LSU fires Will Wade. He becomes available. Billed as a, a knockdown shooter, I think a lot of people think that maybe his best days as a Cardinal are going to come two or three years down the line when he gets a little bit bigger. But what did you see from him in his debut performance? Not going to lie, Mike, I didn't see much of him because it, it, he was on the floor. It's not like he didn't see clock, but he – it's not like he didn't seem like he shouldn't belong. He just, it, it, you can tell that there's going to be a little bit of an acclimation period with the college game. You know, he athletically is, is, is still gifted and he, he can shoot it. He didn't make a free, but I think once he gets going into ACC play, there's going to be, it's going to be quite obvious that he might need to like kind of maybe bulk up a little bit, get, get kind of used to the overall college game, especially in a, in a power five league. I mean, he, he's got the upside for sure. I just don't think he's ready to contribute year one or at least in the first half of year one he might he might develop into into a knockdown stand-up shooter because from what i've heard he can hit everything as a shooter standing still but the the moment he's kind of challenged um from a defender where he's kind of kind of has to move off his shot that's when the um the shooting kind of gets a little bit streaky and that's honestly kind of something that showed up in his high school film as well so that's something that he has to get work that he has to work on my last question here before we let you go this was, you know, kind of Kenny Payne's first big weekend on the job. He's got Louisville live. He's talking to the crowd. He's showing his team off for the first time, and then he's dealing with the media after the red-white scrimmage. His first ticketed event at KFC Yum Center. How did he seem as far as just taking it all in at this point? Did he seem like he was, I don't know, happy with his team or kind of continuing to preach the "be patient with us" type line? What was his overall vibe after Sunday's red-white scrimmage? He's honestly kind of reiterated the same line we've heard him say, you know, all offseason and preseason is, we need you, we need you. Uh, he was he was glad to finally get some film so that he has something to evaluate. I mean, obviously it sounds like there's still stuff to work on, but he was sounds overall happy with the weekend. <laughs> it, it, it's funny you say that because while we were all waiting in the um, the post-game room waiting for him to come in for the interview, he opens the door and see the throngs of us media folk and, and there he goes, Oh my goodness! It was just a scrimmage, and just saying that laughingly. So, I, I, I don't. I'm not saying that to say that like he he doesn't know what he's getting into. But I've, it, it's kind of funny to see him see like how seriously Louisville Louisville takes their basketball around here. 
All right, he is Matt McGavick. Follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore McGavick. Read his work on Louisville Report, uh, the sports il- of the Sports Illustrated Fan Side Network. Matt, really appreciate the time, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Matt McGavick always does great work over there. Be sure to follow his work. Uh, good stuff there from the Red White Streamers. Trevor, any primary takeaways or anything you heard that was maybe a little bit unexpected? I don't think it's unexpected, but it probably should have been the fact that the lack of interior defense, especially the shot blocking, despite knowing how big we are. The I'm, videos, ca- I'm kind of surprised we hadn't thought of that Yeah, as we've talked about things. Every highlight video that I saw yesterday, I, I, I had the same takeaway where it's like, okay, there's a guy driving and nobody's stopping. Yeah. And it I wasn't mean, like nobody stopping. It was just nobody challenging him at the rim. I'm like, what are we doing? And I mean, and, and we're, we're surprised by it, but if we really thought about it, I mean, we knew Curry wasn't any, you know, for a big guy, isn't any kind of intimidating shot blocker. I guess Wheeler would have been the only one that we can maybe consider, and I don't think we've yeah. ever been shown anything to, to think he can be. That can be, and we and and Hudley Hatfield is despite its size, we know wants to be more of a face up outside type of guy. So, yeah, I guess uh, weirdly enough, like we, it's something we should have like had brought up, but we never did. I don't know if we just got lost in the lack of guard scenario. Also, um, not not to be Debbie Downer here, but I know as excited as he was about Ellis and his explosiveness. He's also doing it against our backup guards, which are, like, not the highest level of competition. Well, they staggered <laughs> the team. So he was doing it against, I guess, our other starting guards. But primarily... Not really helping but, but Your point still stands. <laughs> the fact that he looked so far and above and beyond the rest of the backcourt was not a shock. I mean, that's... That, we, like, we, we said it on air. I mean, that's the report we've heard from every single person who's been to a practice, intern Patrick without a practice. Everybody's kind of been like... L looks like this is clearly his team. He's a step ahead of everybody. He's the vocal leader of this team. But also, if he gets hurt, we've there's really nowhere. To I do start. like I do like he said that he was being aggressive in finishing though, which is something that he did lack last year. But once again, that kind of goes back to the lack of challenging at the rim too, a little yeah, bit, which is because you know, Kenny Payne true. said after the game, he he kind of reiterated he liked a lot of what L did, but also he wants them to be more of a facilitator. We we know he can score the ball. We know. I oh God, I said that phrase, and I hate when people do that. Score the ball. Just say score. You don't have to say score the ball. It's, well, I mean, that's what you do with the ball, though. Score the ball. Yeah, but you can, score means the same thing. That's fewer words. Dun, dun, dunking the basketball. Score. He can really <laughs> score the basketball. Well, can he score the football? I'll be more impressed then. But he can really score. And Kenny Payne, I think, when he gets in those situations where he's driving, wants to see him look to pass a little bit more. And yesterday, he didn't have to do it because. Clearly, there wasn't a whole no, lot of no resistance. stopping him in the lane. It was easy for him to get to into the lane, and then apparently easy for him to finish at the rim. But when we start playing actual other teams that are better defensively and have more capable guards, he's going to kind of find out the same things that he found out last year, which is there's a big dude who's coming over to stop your penetration. Yeah, you can't, you can't you shoot can't, the ball through his chest. And you can't pass it through yeah, him either. You need yeah. to make that pass about a step sooner when a guy's still open and you have a uh, passing avenue. So that's... That may have to be something that he learns on the fly, and that may be one area where uh, the lack of competition in the backcourt is going to wind up hurting him this offseason. But it just sounded from everybody I talked to who went to the scrimmage yesterday and from reading Kenny Payne's comments, he, it was what you expect a little bit overall. I, I actually haven't seen the box score. Uh, and I thought he said, he said, I thought they did switch the teams around at halftime. Did they change their mind on that or something? They or? ended up not. Okay. I thought they were going to. I think I'd read somewhere, I guess, going into the game that they were going to, but I guess they obviously Yeah, didn't. that was the plan. Um, I'm glad they didn't either. I'm glad we've met on that one. 
Uh, but the, I mean, we've heard Ellis's name. I mean, in all the clips that I would find online, it was all pretty much about lands for the most part. Uh, he mentioned Curry. Uh, he even dropped a little, you know, Hersey Miller and, 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 and uh, Fabio in there, not positively, but at least mentioned him. Um, Do we know how Hundley Hatfield looked? Well, I asked him about it, and he, he said, you know, he was – he looked like he was overthinking a little bit too much. Did I, did, did, was that during my, my Cardinal Authority? You, you may have, yeah. You may, you may have uh, that just one. zoned out during that point. It was surprising to me to hear him because Huntley Hatfield and Curry played on the same team. So they're clearly, I think, trying to establish some sort of, you know, four or five chemistry. Everything that we'd heard in the last couple of weeks has been Huntley Hatfield has been dominant. He's the best front court player. He may be the best overall player on the team. Whereas the talk about Curry has been he seems maybe a little bit lazy, maybe a little bit out of shape. And then we get into the actual like game-type situation. Curry's 9 of 15 from the field. He's got 18 points, which is more than anybody. He's got 10 rebounds, which is, I think, the second most of anybody on the team. And Huntley Hatfield looks a little bit unsure of himself. Only scores 8 points, goes 4 of 10 from the field. Only has 3 rebounds, which stands out a little bit. I think what you're seeing with Sidney Curry, Curry's a gamer. He's not a guy... I think Sidney Curry hates practice. I, I, and there are guys who are just like this. Like, everybody hates practice to an extent. I think Sidney Curry is one of those guys. Allen. He just cannot trick his subconscious into going at the same level. You know, you try to tell yourself it's a practice, but act like it's a game. Like, go as hard as you would if it was the last two minutes of a tied game against Duke at Cameron Indoor. And some people just can't mentally do that. Like, they, they, their subconscious won't let them remember that this is, doesn't, is not for real. You don't have to go quite as hard as you would in an actual game. And then Curry's one of those guys. I think he's just not a practice player. It's probably a big reason why we didn't see much of him at the beginning of last year. And then when he started playing well in actual games, it forced uh, you know Mike McGee's hand. And he was like, all right, we got to ride with this guy. He's our best player at this point. And he ended up being fantastic down the stretch. I think that's kind of what you're seeing from him. It's not ideal, but I think that that's probably just who Sidney Curry is. I was just I was kind of hoping to get more from Huntley Hatfield on Sunday after watching Dang. the lamest winning of a dunk contest. We're going to talk about it. I mean, we'll talk about it after the break. It was embarrassing. We'll talk about it after the break. We'll, we'll get a little of a live talk after the break. But I think the the general sense is one LL is very good. Sidney Curry good as well. A lot of people had good things to say about JJ Trainer, who looked like he was playing with more. Yeah, I didn't see his name. And I saw some some quotes from him after the game where it looks like he. Is he out of the doghouse, maybe? Seems like it. Seems like he was playing well. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, Wheeler may still be in there a little bit. Sounds but. like that, too. Kamari Lands played very well. Yeah, Lands, Lands was the name that was in the highlights that were probably seen the most for me on Twitter. He's silky smooth. Um, also, Jalen Witt, we didn't mention this, Jalen Withers and Mike James both did not play. No, which is still dealing with injuries. My understanding on, I, I can't give you insight on, on Withers. My understanding with Mike James, it, it's not, it's not him not fully coming back from the the, uh, the 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 knee injury last year. This is a minor hamstring problem, which is good news. It, you know, you'd be more concerned if it was taking longer for the knee to be back 200%. Hamstrings are nagging. Hamstrings though. are a little bit nagging. I think that he, Kenny Payne also referred to Withers' injury as a nagging deal. So hopefully both these guys can you know just take it easy for a while. If they're not ready for opening night against Pellerman, they can hopefully be ready to go at least for – Maui after the first three I mean, games. I don't know, dude. I've been literally waiting like over a year to see Mike James play basketball. We, I mean, we may have to wait a little bit longer. I mean, I've never seen this man take a shot, a triple. I know, I know. I, and I'm just like, I can't, I almost can't wait. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, 
I'm not building myself up too high here, though. Hopefully, best case scenario is they're both available for limited minutes on Sunday against Lenore Ryan. I would like to at least at least get some rust off of them, even if it's for a minute or two out there. But we'll find out. I think we'll find out more as the week goes on. But neither one of those guys played, which forced um, Aiden McCool to and Zan Payne. Such a great name. Ashton Miles Devore got probably more minutes than they were intending to get going into this week. But it's uh, the way it works. Is Zan Payne now the only the second other with Marvin Stone to play for both U and UK? Probably, or even be on be on both rosters, and nonetheless, there might be somebody else, but I don't, I don't, probably not anybody of any substance. I mean, Zampane's barely of substance too. But I mean, but we remember yeah. him because he's current. Yeah, but I mean, I just I can't think of it because I, I could swear Marvin Stone was probably the first one to ever do it. I would think. I feel like there was probably some somebody maybe way in the thirties or there. something. Yeah, exactly. When when it wasn't it's a Kelly Dickey question. Yeah, I'm sure he has the answer there. I tell you what, let's take a break. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about um, Louisville Live on Friday night. Share our thoughts there. I know TK's got some thoughts. We'll get to all that good stuff. We'll take some more text from you as well at 502-414-1450. And then third hour, we'll shift back into football and get back into the text line because we didn't get to a whole lot of your guys' opinions on the win over Pitt. So all that's coming up your way after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big I'm asking this way too late in the show, but I'm assuming no theme today. I was just wondering what you were going to see if you knew this song or not. I'm, ho- I'm hoping no theme, because <laughs> I've got no idea if there is. No, the theme today is what are the first six songs that are going to pop in Trevor's head? Classic Monday. As he drives here from a two. Well, I wanted to, I was trying to do something to connect with the Louisville game. I was like, well, maybe I do a song with the word, uh, was number two in the in the, in the title. Uh-huh. We went two in a row. But it's, I couldn't find them. And it just didn't take up my fancy enough when I was going through songs and what were popping in my head. And, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to go with the first. Why'd you want number two? Huh? Why would number two be with the Louisville game? Because they, they just went to in a row against Pitt. Oh, gotcha. It's like Friday, they're like songs probably have like maybe number three next. We're going for three in a row. <sighs> three in a row. As Patrick brought up uh, several weeks ago, we have not won three straight games under Satterfield against FPS opponents. The only three game winning streak that we've had. Under Sat has been in 2019 when we beat EKU was involved in that three game. I mean, we've, we've never won four in a row. Under we, we don't acknowledge Wake for being a top ten team. Do we acknowledge him as being an FBS opponent? Yes. Okay. Now, by the way, this song was off the montage of "Don't Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead." Okay. I was just I was stuck in my head. I don't know why, but that's where I heard it from. Now the streak that we did, we should have mentioned this when we were talking about football at the beginning of the show. We have to give Satis flowers on this. He had previously been 0 and 16 at Louisville. When entering the fourth quarter, yes. behind you texted me when, when, we, when we were down ten seven. I said we're bleeped, and you said we're it's over. Yeah. Instead, we outscore Pitt seventeen to nothing in the fourth quarter. I mean, one and sixteen never felt so good. I mean, if there was ever a time to use the 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 gif of, of like of Undertaker sitting up. Yeah. I mean, that was the we're back. We finally got up off the canvas back for the first time. Of, I don't know why. Have you ever seen the movie Digstown? No. 
Oh, good movie. Check it out. There it is. <laughs> it's a great scene where James Woods goes to throw in the towel, and and Luke Gossett Jr. catches it, and he's like, "No!" He throws it right back at him. <laughs> it's a boxing movie, in case you're wondering. Uh, that's how I felt about us in the sports quarter this game. Like it was normal. Like we're going down, you're throwing the towel, and here comes Luke Gossett Jr. Like catching it all bloody. I'm like, no, and just shoving the throwing the towel right back in James Woods's face. <laughs> that turnover battle, Patrick Ryan. And then, and then, of course, Bruce Stern was there, and and, and so on and so forth. So <laughs> we get it. <laughs> so that was that's how yeah that's how I picture it was. It was good because this is something that was annoying me the fact that we were zero wins in games and going. I mean, it just shows you you're not, as I've called this before, glass draw Joe, and it's ridiculous and that's sad. Mm-hmm. It's good to show a little life and heart finally. We did. I guess Pitt, who kind of has made a living off of being the life and art program of the ACC in recent years. Not anymore. Suck it, Pitt. Done. You're over. Peace out. With a new Pitt. Take you, you take Pitt, you and, and your six fictional national championships and go suck it. Go suck it. Um, all right, let's talk. Last segment, we talked about red-white scrimmage. Neither of us were there, so we had wanted to have somebody who was there and brought on yeah. Matt McGavick to share some, uh, some insight. By the way, good crowd for red-white scrimmage. I was a little bit nervous about you know, how many people were going to make it out there, if it was going to look more like the Mac red-white scrimmages or the old-school Patino red-white scrimmages. 9,000 plus. Just shy of 10,000 at the end of the day. I mean, Kenny shouldn't be shocked at that, though. I mean, he, come on, he knows a little bullshit. I did kind of, like, roll my eyes at that comment where he's like, he's like, this many people here for a scrimmage? I'm like, you were at UK for a long time. Like, yeah, I mean, what did UK pull for blue-white? Probably something similar, if not more. Well, he was talking about the media, the me- amount of media that oh, was there after still. a scrimmage, which is also very heavy at UK after anything that they do, if yeah. not heavier. So yeah, I was kind of like, "Come on, Kenny, you can't you can't do the Satterfield thing where it's like I can't believe I, like you were at UK and Oregon, it's, and then the Knicks, it's the Knicks. I was gonna say if anything, Oregon maybe, but that was also what twenty years ago since he's been fifteen years since he's been at Oregon. Yeah, I mean, come on. All right, let's talk about Louisville Live on Friday. Overall, we got to watch that at least. We got to watch that at least. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go first. Your, g- give me your overall impression of the event because I a lot of. Different feelings are out there. I've got several thoughts. Well, I mean, was, I, ha- I, I have to watch this going through the eyes of me being a young person, which I'm far from being. Even when I was young, I wasn't young. So, I mean, but from that perspective, I, I mean, I thought it was fun, I guess. I mean, you know, the, the, the crowd seemed hyped, which is good. The, you know, Harlow got them all pumped up. You got to bring out, you know, the ex the former players. I guess the surprise was Purvis Ellison. Who for some reason looked like he had raided Henry Hill's closet from Goodfellas? I don't know why. We mentioned it on Friday that there was the, that, that was the rumor that he was going to be there. We were like, "It's cool, don't get me wrong. It'd be a lot cooler if he didn't just have two players that were going." To <laughs> yeah, UK. I mean, may, may, maybe that's the secret. Maybe he came to us, and, and the twist is that they, they went to Big Blue Madness just to show him some love, and he's going to actually come to Louisville now, and they're going to announce it. Well. Love it. At least Wagner because Bradshaw's yeah, already, already gone. He's already made an announcement you know, three weeks before he said he was going It'd to. Be even more shocking now yeah. <laughs> than it would have been a month ago. Uh, and then because I watched, you know, I kind of, I didn't, I, I watched it. On, this is, I, I, I guess I video skimmed it because I did, I did do, you know, a few ten second jumps on during like the three point contest and dunk contest and the music and act. But from from what it was, it, it seemed like a fun evening. It seemed like everybody had a good time. The dunk contest was. Playing fast and loose with using the word dunk in contest in that in the same sentence would describe that, but you know, whatever. We we have to talk about that and I'll I'll share my overall thoughts in a second. What's annoying me is the the global website acting as if he jumped over hard. They're showing these like fake pictures. That's the thing. And it's, it's really getting on my nerves a little bit. It's not getting on my nerves, but 
to use the word we've used often with the football program, it was awkward. He brings Harlow out. The obvious goal, and we've seen this in many dunk contests, is he's going to jump over him and dunk. Yeah. He does not come close to clearing his shoulders. <laughs> he basically just dunks on a 6'3 guy standing there. He didn't even dunk on him. He slid to the side of him. As well, he, he dunks was... on him, which is you know, <laughs> for like a normal basketball play, which is not what you want to see in the dunk contest. And you can tell after it happens, everybody's kind of confused as to how to handle it. Because like Harlow looks around, and he's like, what just happened? And Hully Hatfield... The teammates go, are going crazy because you're going to go crazy in that situation regardless if you guess, see the dunk yeah. go in. And, like, Huntley Hatfield just kind of like looks around. He's, like, kind of smiling, but he's also, like, I didn't do what I'm supposed to do. And yeah, like, I might as well just do a layup. <laughs> and you can tell Jack Harlow tell, like, asked him, he's like, he's like, did you make it? And he's like, yeah, I made it. But also he realizes, like, I didn't jump over him. So he's like, they, they celebrate and they just, like, go on and act like that was the intended purpose, that he was supposed to, like, get up to his shoulders and dunk. It was weird. And that only won because Harlow was involved, which I felt like L. Ellis is like, well, what the hell? I should have won, won two years in a row. I'm the only guy out here doing good dunks. Um, mm. But that was just kind of a – it was a it was a weird moment where I'm like, yeah, like not. It didn't help again. Like, 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 the, the, the webs, I'm, I'm on social media and I'm seeing, like, these pictures of, like, you know, the, the, the perfect shot. I mean, they, they framed a perfect door. It looks like he's about to go over him. Yeah. And – Did not make it. Poor Harlow's got this look on his face like – like me would going up the, the up, up to the top of the hill of a roller coaster that I didn't want to be on. I'm like, it's honestly a good thing that he didn't get like two inches closer because if he would have just drilled him in the head, didn't need him right in the back of the head. He came so far from clearing him that like he just decided to like bail at the last second. He's like, I'm not even gonna like I'm not gonna kick this man in the head. So he just bailed on the whole. And thing. It was kind of like remember when uh, Blake Griffin tried, was supposed to jump over the car and he jumped over like the bumper. Yeah, it was like okay. He, I was like, I remember when that happened. I was like, I can do that. I mean, not now, but like it's all about the prop. Eight years ago, I could have cleared the bumper of IKEA. I mean, come on. My more broad thoughts on the event. I thought the setup looked very, very cool. It did, but from what I heard from people, and some of them were in this building that were attending the event, they were like, "If you had a seat, you were too far away." Like the they should have had some sort of seating on the actual field, and they they tried to do it right where they had all the students were on the field. But on TV, the only thing, it made it look like there weren't that many people there because you couldn't see any of the people in the stands. And then the seating of the people who were standing on the field, there weren't enough there to fill it out. So it looked like they had all this empty space. And I get that they want to do, like, the whole red carpet thing, like Harlow to come out and the camera to pan. It made for cool videos, don't get me wrong. But it didn't look, it wasn't as good of a project as it could have been both on TV and in person. Now, I thought it started off really strong. I thought the... The intros were great. It's awesome to see the players come out and do their dances and, and show their personality. I thought bringing the former players out was good. I thought that was cool. People were into it. I like how when McCool came out, the music switched to Slim Shady. It was nice. I was like, there's no way that's not a coincidence. It was nice. <laughs> bringing Harlow out was cool. The crowd obviously was. Yeah. You know, some of them were just there to see him, basically. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no, I was going to ask you something. Okay, because I need to know something. I thought all of that was great. I thought... The dunk con the the, the three point contest was good. I thought the last hour or so things went off the rails. The the hot shots game. Remember, we were like, I don't know what this game is. We still don't know what that game is. That was I, I pretty much nobody had any idea what was going that, on. Actually, yeah, nope, nobody had any clue what anybody was doing. They never explained it to anybody. I don't think the people who were participating really knew what it was. <laughs> They've got like seventeen hosts out there. They all have mics. They're all yeah. shouting the entire time. It was and apparently it was way worse if you were actually there. They were like everybody's yelling. The mics are way too loud. People just don't need to be talking that much. 
it was it was bad. The dunk it got very clunky the last hour. Like you need to events like that. They have to have pace. The pace has to be strong. Something has to be continually happening. It has to be quick, and it needs to be clean. And it was obvious that they put a lot of time into like the the flashy stuff, the the court setup, getting Harlow there, what Jack was going to be doing, having him involved in the dunk contest, and not as much into like the technical aspects of it, like the the formatting, the scheduling, and I don't know, letting people know what the hell the Hot Shots game was and what everybody was doing for that 30 minutes. It was just... I understand what they were trying to do because you've got Harlow is the host in quotes. You've got Steve and Mikachu who are there for basically they're hosting, but they're there for who they are. They're adding substance to it. They're they're a bigger draw, and then they bring in the the other two people to be like the hosts who like know the format and who can move things around and describe it. So I understand why you've got that many people out there. We just don't need them all talking at the same time. Like we when you're we have the slam dunk contest like. I guess you want them to pump the crowd, but we don't need them like the entire time. Be like, yeah, yeah, like, uh, where's this? Where? Like, it was just, it was way, way too many voices that had to be cut down, and it needs to be better next year because it was distracting and, quite frankly, it was very annoying. It's, 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 it feels like yeah, they were. I mean, well, it is also, but like our fourth one, so I mean, we're we're towards the fifth. We're still new. Yeah, we're, we're still, still new. new. We're still, we're still, yeah, still wet behind the ears with with figuring it out and. Maybe they did focus too much on what, how it was going to look for the photographs for social media more than they did for how it was going to be for the people there live. That part was but, great. I mean, and I think that might have been kind of what they were like, wait, we want... He's right, like, when you see it, like, the, the stage, you know, erected and everything, it looks pretty cool, and then you do the, the what everybody does, where you do the fast forward of it being installed, and yada, right. yada. Time-lapse. But you could, and you could tell, like, it was pretty far away from the... They probably could have moved it closer, because also, I mean, I know they want it, like, except for the red carpet, but... Did that red carpet walk really had to be that long? It was too long. I mean, it was like wa- it was like watching Roddy Piper walk to the ring at WrestleMania three. It was like, yeah. dude, it's like it made for a cool video, but you can't make the whole event for a ten second video that's going to come out the next day. Also, I mean, and, and maybe Patrick can inform me of this of what's cool and not. Why was the what was with the the Harlow sweatshirt? Why were some letters like like because it, it's put out love? It's put out love. It's oh, did it? I didn't even I never even figured that. Okay, yeah. Still Come kind, on, Trevor. Still kind of dumb if you ask me, but I mean, I, I, cool. I, I like that sweatshirt. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm a fan. Um, yeah, I thought. I mean, what we well, you suck up to everything Harlow does. You love Harlow. I, I like the sweatshirt. That's not true. I, I did not like his last album. <laughs> no, no, you you're a Harlow apologist. I know. I met him wearing that jacket. and He said he liked my jacket. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I at the end of the day. I hate to say this. We're going to remember this Louisville Live for two things. One, unfortunately, is that A.J. Johnson and Carter Bryant had to, like, I used to decommit, but had to cancel at the last second. That was a, a huge bummer. Two, and this is what we're going to remember it most for, is Harlow saying bleep UK on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> because that's become, it's become a national story. ESPN picked it up. Every college basketball website has picked it up. And, like, that's the, the only thing. You, I, the best part was, uh, I think, Dr. Duncan Stein's reaction when he said it, he's like, whoa, you get like the eyeball emoji. And Dan McDonald, you could tell, was very uncomfortable because Dan like doesn't cuss pretty much. No. But Harlow. Dan, Dan does this speaking on the court, on the field. He does, always. <laughs> and, you know, he'll, it, getting in an umpire when he asks. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what we're going to remember it for, right? And like every UK fan in America was very, very eager on Saturday morning to tell you just how much they don't care about this. I've got to, I got to sprint to my computer to let everybody know how much I, Jack, who's Jack Harlow? I don't care about Jack Harlow. And it's like, like, well, you're tweeting about it. The card stalker TJ Walker opened up his show. Oh, he opened with, the show with it with today. 10 minutes of talking about Louisville Live and how 
bad of a broadcast it was. Oh, they're upset about it. Well, I mean, why didn't he spend 10 minutes talking about the blue-white scrimmage that also went, occurred this weekend or whatever? Yeah, it was a pike field. It was great. Yeah, I mean, you think he would open the UK show talking about that. But Harlow's then saying, again, now, I'm not obsessed with them like the RS because I didn't watch that crap. Yeah, I, 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 saw, I kept seeing people say, I saw Big Blue Drew with his twins. He was like, it's game day for UK. And I was like, oh, I thought UK football was off this week. I had no idea until I saw like the highlights afterwards. I'm like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, but the Harlow thing was, it, it was funny. I mean, we know he likes Uval. We know he doesn't like UK. The funny, the interesting thing there is, like, he's got a brother who's a diehard UK fan. His little brother who went to Ballard is, like, a huge UK fan. But Harlow... You know, There's a question whether it's sexual or brother. You know. In this area, you can have that in family. Like it's not. It's not just like oh, I cheer for both. It's at fu dynamic. It's the way the rivalry goes, and we got Harlow on the right side, which is good. We're thinking of really saying who's Jack Harlow. Oh, they were all doing this. Like, like I, I don't understand the appeal. Oh, God, I know. Harlow. I know who he is. Now I'm not going to argue that maybe I'm not saying he's my favorite either, but. I, mean, I like him because he's a little, he's from Louisville and he's roots for Louisville. But I mean, at this point, if you live in the city, you don't know who Jack Harlow. Is. Yeah, then I come on again. I know who he is. Yeah, and there were I, I mean, can name two songs maybe. There were multiple UK fans at the Louisville Live event, which we knew they were going to be. It's it is what it is. But yeah, I saw the the, the inevitable UK shirt during the pit game as well. Oh yeah, that the one guy with the, the, the huge hair. Did, that, did you say when I did that? Yeah, somebody sent it to me on Twitter, <laughs> and I was like, dude, I mean, how desperate for attention can you be? <laughs> Get over yourself. But the, uh, I think at the end of the day, that's what we're going to remember Louisville Live for is the Harlow bleep. And then if we don't get A.J. Johnson or Carter Bryant, them canceling that business. I mean, that, the bad dunk's going to be remembering for me because. For you, I, though. Well, also because I just know they're going to call Osley. I'm going to keep seeing that picture. And every time I see that picture, it's just going to make me kind of nauseous. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't bother me that much. It like, does. I, it bugs me. You have a you have a dunk contest weird thing where you just you have very strong opinions on dunk contests. Because apparently I'm the one that takes them seriously. I guess <laughs> I'm the only one that actually cares about them. I thought it was like, like I said the the first hour I thought was very cool. Like seeing Peyton Verhulst win the the three point shootout and the women's team go nuts. I thought was awesome. Um, uh, the intros were great. I was like, okay, we're off to a good start here. And then it just kind of it it went off the rails a little bit. I mean, it's two hours. I mean, it, it's too long. It, it needs to be shorter. The problem is, is that you can't really. You have to have it two hours to to make up for the fact that of everything you, in this entire setup you're doing. You're actually charging people. Yeah, you almost kind of have to make it two hours because anything less than that would be like, was well, it really worth putting up this whole set and this the stage and then charge it? So you almost had to make it two hours just because of that. But I was also I, the other thing that I heard from people who went there was they were a little bit disappointed that Harlow didn't like do any music. Which I, I I was told like it would have been. I thought he performed like a, I thought he did perform. No, a bit. it would have been too much money. Like he, it's going to cost you more if you want him to get out there and like actual do like sort of like a pseudo mini concert. No. And they couldn't. They'd already put too much into this. They he couldn't afford could it. Could have sang one song. I kind of thought so too. But. That's not a concert, like a pseudo concert singing one song. Well, I mean, yeah, singing makes it different than if, if you're not singing, but. I guess you had to have known going into it that that was a possibility that he wasn't going to, to do music, but whatever. I don't think, I think there were some people that thought otherwise. Well, I'm sure there were, <laughs> yeah. but like you had to have, you should have thought going into it. Like, I don't, you know, if they're not saying like music by Jack Harlow, then there's no guarantee that he's going to actually play music. And he didn't. Um, I think also like people were, were still holding out hope. It was kind of like the end of, um, that Woodstock 99 doc with like special guest, special guest. There's still going to yeah. be some special. And people were like, Ooh, is it like, and it was like, hey, Masterpiece, like, well, we, his kid's on the team. We expected him to be here. And <laughs> I, I guess Purvis was the big name that people didn't, but still, yeah, it was 
a, a little bit of a letdown maybe in that regard. The, but the overall, the purpose could not move the needle any for you. I mean, it was just like no, because I knew well, one. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, we kind of assumed it. Well, yeah, but two, like I still have never understood, and and maybe it would have moved the needle if it was if I was a a child of the eighties. I mean, I was two years old when when Purvis helped us win the national title. It, I was one years old when when Purvis helped us win the national title. So maybe if this was like. 20 years down the line and there'd been a big divide between Russ and UofL and it was like Russ coming out and giving Peyton Siva a big hug, I would have felt differently. But I've also never understood, like, and nobody's explained to me why Purvis has had these feelings about UofL. To, to my knowledge, UofL hasn't really done anything like to him. He's always been invited back. He just has chosen not to come back. And then he comes back now. And also, like I, 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 like I said, he's had great players in recent years and none of them have gone to Louisville and two of them are about to go to UK so, like, I, I would have been a lot happier if he'd come out and we were about to get Aaron Bradshaw and DJ Wagner. But it was, or one of them. Or one of them. It was a cool thing. Like, but as far as, like, it moving the needle for me, not necessarily. But maybe that's just my age, I guess. I, 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 don't, I mean, I am more of an 80s, and it didn't, it didn't make, make me. But you I weren't mean, that much older than I was. When, yeah, I was when six Purvis when they won the title. Yeah. I was nine when, I mean, he was drafted in, in, by the, the Kings, you know what I mean? Primary watching him in the prime is, is I guess you'd call his prime during his nineties and his most improved play run and yada yada with Celtics and the dreadlock days and you know I but, think also like and I've seen this sentiment expressed in some terms elsewhere. I think fans are very excited about like the the good vibes tour that we're on right now, but we've also kind of done this before. I mean, you forget like we we're acting like there's been this huge divide between the Crumb era players. And Louisville basketball forever that hasn't like Chris Mack had that whole thing where he he did this like he brought all the former players back for a practice they took that big picture on the court they all he's like they all have an open door like we did this three four years ago it was one of the ways that he was able to curry favor with the fan base right when he Mm -hmm. got the job so we've kind of done this song and dance before where it's like we're getting back to our roots we're going back to our culture obviously it's on a different level now that we have a, a former player from the 80s who's the head coach but at the end of the day Every Louisville fan is in the same boat when they're saying, like, this is great, this is great, this is great, but he's got to win. And I think there are more Louisville fans who have been, like, through the last seven years and who are a little bit more jaded because we have not won, who are like, cool, let's start winning basketball games now. Because it's not even like Chris Mack where we were so, like, we were winning at the end of the Patino era. We weren't that far removed from a, de- from a, a period of time where we were always in the top 15, always competing for national titles. And honestly, if we hadn't had the if we hadn't had to get rid of Patino before the 2018 season, we were going to be a preseason top 10 team that was probably right in the middle of the national title hunt. So it wasn't like we just were starved for wins. And Mac did the culture thing, and we all were like, "Cool." And then we started winning right off the bat, and it was like even better. And now we've gone through. I mean, we have we've been to what we, we've missed the tournament four times in the last seven years. We've won one NCAA tournament game since 2015. People are desperate to get back to winning, and it's why all of this former players coming back, saying the right things, love them up, it plays with the fan base. It play it plays with me, but it's not going to play the same way that it did 10 years ago because we all are so – like all we want is to get back to winning, right? Yeah, that's, it's cute that we want to bring the Patino players and, and combine them with the the crumb generation. I mean – It's great. Because there has been – it's been like weirdly there's been a divide. I don't know if it's because – you know, 
Patino being at Kentucky before he came to Louisville, or the way Crum was kind of no, it was air, air quote retired. He wasn't you know? nice to the Crum players. I mean, and I get that. I mean, he was well, he was coaching against them. I mean, when he some, some of them, it was no, it was it all came back to the the players who did not want him to get the job in one Yeah, and he got it, and they kind of were like, okay, but you need to do this, and you know Patino's attitude. He's yeah, gonna be like, exactly. okay, well, no, believe you, you're not you're not welcome in the program. Right? Point is, 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 it's great we can focus on the the crumb players. We can Crumbmeyer. We can focus on the Patino. I'd rather be focused on the future of what's the pain era. Same. Let's let's, let's bringing those two together. That's that's beautiful. It's cute. It's nice. Let's put it on an oxygen t- made for TV movie. But let's more focus on the, on the what's ahead of us, and that is the pain era and those players more than just worrying about making satisfying, you know, purpose sales and now looks like a '70s Providence gangster. Yeah, man. I think everybody like everybody likes it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to just poo-poo it totally, but I I, I enjoy seeing it. It's great. At the end of the day, it's only going to go so far because, and we don't expect it to happen at the level that we're used to this year, but we want to see tangible evidence that Louisville basketball is going to be back at the place where we expect Louisville basketball to be in the relatively near future. Because these this last decade, essentially, has been, I mean, rough as an understatement. And we're all ready to get back to the times that we're used to, which is this being fun. This being a welcome distraction, not a not feeling like it's a job to watch these games and follow this team and read all the negative headlines and figure out who's on the board of trustees and what NCA rulings mean and, and what bylaws we've broken, all that stuff. We want to get back to just being able to have fun watching Cardinal basketball. And if it doesn't happen this year, that's okay. If we're not going to be great this year, that's okay. That seems to be the expectation for most, both locally and nationally. But we need to know that it's going to happen soon, that that return to, to the feeling that we're used to, to spending our winners looking forward to every Wednesday and Saturday night, thinking that we're going to win, knowing that it all ends with a hopefully deep run in March. That feeling needs to return for us all to, to I mean, just to, to be our former selves get, again. Get that level of being good to where we don't give a bleep who the president of the university is. Exactly. We should know. We, we, should, we shouldn't I, care. Do, do, you remember, do I remember who the, the president was in the 80s and 90s? You shouldn't. Nope. Early 2000s? Not a clue. I don't want to know what an NCAA, course, I didn't know how the NCAA process works. I really didn't know who the president was until he showed up in a sombrero. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. All right, got to take a break. We talked over the top of the hour here. We'll come back. We'll get to the text line a lot in hour three because we have not heard from most of you. We'll get back to the pit discussion. I will get your thoughts on Louisville Live and the red-white scrimmage as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next with hour number three here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. No, this ain't no Oh, the execution. <laughs> All right, welcome back in. Five o'clock hour, starting a little bit late here in the Mike Rutherford Show. If you're just joining us, apologies for my voice. What, about 60% today? I don't know if that's right. I feel like you've gotten better a little bit. You think so? I don't feel better. I'm hoping it will be better by tomorrow. It was, I can tell you this, it's, it's about 
it's at least 75% better than it was Saturday afternoon because I could not talk at all. Yeah, I've been there. Awful. No, anyone who's working radio has, has, has gotten to a point where like they get on a Friday and they're like, I can't talk. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> I mean, it was bad. Virginia was trying to get me to play Minnie and Mickey, and I couldn't do the voice at all. So she was like, and she, so she became, you know, kids like they get their, they get fixated on something. And she's like, well, you need to get better. Like, is your voice going to be like this forever? And I'm like, no, I was like, I just need to drink a lot of water and then get some sleep. And it was like six o'clock and she's like, drink some water, daddy. And I'm like, <laughs> like well, it's not going to help me much. She's like, she's like, go drink some water now. She's like, I want to play. And then she was like, I'm ready to go night night. I'm like, no, you just want me to go to sleep so I can feel better so we can play. Cause I couldn't do the voice at all. And I was like, Oh, hey Virginia! And she's like, she's terrified. She's did you, like, did you, did your vo- is your version still better than mine? Ah, uh, it's close. Well, yours is just yours. Is, it's less creepy than yours for sure. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yours sounds very. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Let's go, kids. He says, "Ha ha." He wants some candy say, in the van. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a fifties just gangster slash pedophile. I don't. It's, it's bad. <laughs> it's not what you, how you want Mickey Mouse to sound. See here, we're gonna get you, yeah. That's <laughs> the way I talk, say. Say, uh, yeah. So extra, extra. We so all about it. The voice is. Uh, we're doing the best we can. Hopefully, tomorrow will be a little bit better, and then by the end of the week, we'll be back at full strength. This is the first time you've lost your voice really since we've been on the air, have we? Yeah, it was. Um, I know I lost mine. I think at some point during the show. It, this happens to me very, like, very rarely. Like I, I haven't. I, I can count the number of times on like one hand where I like I've lost my voice, um, and I. You know, I didn't do it. It wasn't like I was screaming or anything this weekend. It's just the, I think the dry air and then the autumn and like being outside so much the last few days is just, I've heard a lot of people saying like, it's just killing my throat. I think what it was, I think the long, last time I did it was coming off just a week of radio. And I think I like, I went on a road trip and it was just, just jamming along on my, I, I don't know if you're like me, you probably are. I, you sing out loud when you're riding on the, on, on oh, a, constantly. yeah, I mean, you're music, music's playing, you're singing along out loud. I can wear I can wear down the voice pipes. Yeah, I can, for sure. Uh, Probably not a bad thing for me. We started the show by talking about football, uh, the, the big win over Pitt. We transitioned a little bit into red white scrimmage, and then Louisville live talk in the second hour. We have not gotten uh, much from you on the Thornton sex line, so we'll try to rectify that in this hour. Um, the last thought that I had on Pitt football, which again, to summarize, I think our feelings here, at least my feelings for sure, it was awesome. I, I, I certainly celebrated it. I thought the defense, you know, we, we gave them their flowers in the first night. At least I did. Trevor's still like case Brian Brown. That's fine. Uh, but the defense was tremendous. Yeah, he's still sleeping on the couch for me. He's still sleeping on the couch for you. To me, though, it's still, like the Virginia game, a table setter victory. It What it did was keep alive the possibility of this thing being fixed. This win in and of itself did not fix anything to me. Same with Virginia. If you lost either one of those games, then a win over Wake Forest or a win in a couple of weeks over, you know, NC State or who, what, what have you down the stretch would not have saved Scott Satterfield. I think now by winning the Virginia game, winning the Pitt game, you're in a place all of a sudden where if you beat Wake Forest, a top 10 team in Wake Forest now, we're going to say that a million times this week and it's fine. They are top <laughs> you know, 10 team. You know, they're always in the top 20. Like. But you have to say it. Like, yeah. you know, they're number 10, a top 10 Wake Forest team. If you win that game on Saturday, things change dramatically. And I think it goes from... I mean, it is Wake Forest. It's the one team we've always said that he's kind of had the knack It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, 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 it doesn't just save it his job outright. If he loses, turns around and loses to James Madison, we go 5-7 and seven and lose out, then we're still back right where we were. True. But winning this game, it changes all of those things that were said after the Boston College game. Things that were said by me and, and many other people about, like, it's done now. 
there's no way to save this. There's no way to come back from this. I still feel that way right now. If you win that game, though, I think all of a sudden he's in a position where you can get to seven and five. You can get to, I mean, a six and six that the fan base isn't completely up in arms if he sticks around. I think some will still will be, but if you get to seven wins, I think there will be a larger segment that is like, okay, if he will stick around and can keep the recruiting class intact, let's see what he can do. It's not ideal. It's not going to earn him a like man of the year award or any sort of parade, but it's Build certainly a statue. It, yeah, he's not going to get a statue. But it's going to be way, way, way ahead of where we thought he was going to be three weeks ago. But again, I don't think any of it matters if you don't beat Wake on Saturday. This is the type of game that we've been waiting to see Scott Satterfield win. It's the game that we've been close to winning several times in the last couple of years, but have not been able to get it done. If you win that one and then all of a sudden feel like you can take at least two of the last four, you may have something here. And we will be in a much better position than anybody thought was possible after that BC loss, which just seemed like the all is lost moment. That's that's my my take on the situation right now. Get it done. All of a sudden, there's interest there. You've got some people, maybe not fully bought back in, but who are at least paying attention. Who weren't paying attention last week? It's time to reel them in. You got the bite, reel them in. I'm not biting. <laughs> so if they beat Wake Forest on Saturday, you still fire Satterfield. Done. I'm not fire Satterfield. I just I don't. I guess I want to see a little more consistency. I mean, we all want to see more. I mean, I want I want to see. I, I'm. I'm I've been hurt too, too many times to to fall for another sorry. It won't happen again, honey. I mean, I just, I, and that's what that is. Even beating Wake Forest, I mean, first of all, I mean, from the way you described it, I don't know how you don't find a court storm, a court a field storming appropriate. I mean, under under the way you just talked about this game, I would think you'd be all for a field storm because the stakes are about keeping the head coach. It, they are about like making the top. But you're talking about making it a, 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 a significant win in, a, a, in terms of keeping the head coach and not firing him. <laughs> not in terms of winning a conference championship or going to the college football playoff. Well, where does this put us in the college play the ACC race? This still a path. This is still a path. There's still a path out there. Is it still open? You can't convince me. There's, can't, not, there's a path to the playoff. I can't I, even be in the coastal. I think. Uh, Clemson's win over Syracuse mathematically eliminated us from ACC championship contention. We go to the playoff, though. There's a path. You don't have to be a conference champion. Alabama proved that to make the playoff. <laughs> yeah, it's just, that's where we're at. We're There's Alabama. still a path out there. We can make a, we can make a play. Are we mathematically eliminated? I guess we've got three losses in conference. Patrick just said that, yes. Well, I know, but... He... I saw a tweet. I mean, See, a, they've played a bunch of conference games. I think they're six and zero in conference. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So, yeah, that would you know, we, we we cannot win the Atlantic Division. That dream Damn. died on Saturday. Thanks for nothing, and I. That gets the denial. I or die, we died. I died. Yeah, I guess so. We had died for a while there, though. I was like, okay, when it was twenty one ten at halftime, I'm like, we got something. Here. Am I too bitter not to be able to be sold on at this point with the Wake Forest win as well? Well, I'm not saying. Like, I don't think you. You heard me. I, I said it means nothing if you turn around and you lose to James Madison and go away. Like, I'm not going to be like 100% back on board, but I'm in the position now where I'm like, okay, like we might be able to do something here. Whereas right now, I'm like, I still don't think he's going to keep his job. I don't have the faith that we're going to get to seven wins. If you beat Wake Forest, all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give this a shot here in these last four games. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's a done deal. If he turns around and loses like four in a row, then no, obviously we're not going to be like okay because he won that Wake Forest game. We're we're all back in. Give him that extension, but I think it would it would change the way that 
the fan base is viewing the program right now. If when, he wins the beat Wake Forest, beat James Madison, embarrassed by Clemson and Kentucky. But beat NC State? But beat NC State. 7-5. He's probably staying around. You think he's staying around? Do you still want him around? Like I said, that's the it's, it's the awkward scenario. I'd probably say yeah, honestly. Seven and five was my that was you, my would, bar before the season. I got to stick with that. I, I, I'm assuming that it, and if we're getting blown out by Clemson and Kentucky, that's defensively blown out. Are you still at least pushing for Brown at the door? Are you okay with him staying on for whatever? Have God knows how many years it's been now. It depends on how we do the other four games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, getting giving up a ton of points to UK and Clemson isn't. You know, I mean, Lance Taylor did say we're starting to gel. Lance Taylor, by the way, being rumored as one of the candidates for the Open Charlotte job, which just opened up over the weekend. Uh, so we may, you know, may need a new offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator, co-offensive coordinator. <laughs> who may or may not call any plays. We don't know. Uh, let's take some text now. Five zero two four one four. Lance Taylor, but really, that's the best they can offer yeah. Charlotte. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton text line. Uh, Texas, I'm still bring Brom home. It was a rough weekend for the bring Brom home movement. It was. He he struggled up in Wisconsin. He did. He had some, but Wisconsin cheats. So you know, the bring Brom home movement does not waver. <laughs> under any circumstances it's, it's, it's strong like oak <laughs> it's strong as oak <laughs> Texas this year was chasing their quarterback like Trevor chasing that 50% off coupon from Arby's across a field on a windy day <laughs> that'd be funnier if it was back to I don't use coupons I was about to say you strike me as somebody who's too lazy to use coupons it's not I don't I just never been a coupon person I mean it's which is which definitely is not genetic because my mom was Coupon fee. My mom's the type of person that will go buy something because she's coupon for it, whether she needs it or not. My mom would go to Kroger and they'd be like, "Any coupons?" And she'd be like, "Here's the stack." Oh yeah, did she have one of the pouches too? Like it's the time, oh it's yeah, like, it's basically like it's time for a second scan. We have more coupons than we have groceries. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing though watching like the dollar like go down on the register. It's like every coupon was scanned. I'm like, this is kind of worth it. It's mom, embarrassing, but it's kind of worth your it. Your mom, my mom probably could hang out and do like the cutting coupons out of the other paper. Probably, and- yeah. Trevor doesn't even use his Chick Fil A points. That's how lazy. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's and that's isn't that just an electrical coupon? Yeah, I mean, I hey. start, now that you say that though, I've got to start. I always just forget that I have them. I've got to start using mine because I've got a bunch too that I just haven't. Like used. for example, I when I go to Arby's, um, every time they ask me if I want to round up or give a dollar to, um, I don't know, feed you know some kid or something in South Africa or whatever. And I'm like, sure, you know, who am I to you know, tell a kid to starve? So I always do it, and and they give me one of those like. You know, like you a free French fry with the next order of something or whatever. You know, I've got a I've got a buttload of those in my in my car right now. Just want to use them. I just don't I just don't ever use them. Yeah, I mean I'm, and, and also I always felt weird using a coupon to drive through. Like I just I don't know. It's like if you want to use a coupon, at least have to go inside, right? Here's my thing about using a coupon to drive through. I never know what time I'm supposed to announce that I have it. Well, they tell there's some places they'll tell you please tell us uh, at the beginning of order don't because. Say if I wait until after the order, I feel like I'm like, you know, they've already locked it in, right? Yeah. And if I feel like I have, a, if I announce the beginning of the order, it's like this big bright, I have a coupon. And they're like, oh, just get on with your order, douche. Like, I, I feel like I'm just, I'm bragging about something. Like, we don't need to know that now. Whatever. Like, I feel like the, it, it's always awkward when you announce the time that you have the coupon. I don't like doing it. it and Arby's is known for their coupons. A lot of times, if it's a small coupon, 
I'm paying 99 cents to avoid that awkwardness. If it's, like, <laughs> if it's a 99 cent free fries, 99 cents is exactly the price that I would pay to avoid the awkwardness of having to announce that I have this coupon. So you probably coupons almost as less as, as I'm on. As, I'm more with you than, than yeah. yeah than the team our moms. When's the last time you used a coupon? I use it. We get. Um, I use one at Simply Tie recently. Okay. Because we have one of those books. Mary's like. Um, Oh, the book. cousin, and they do the one that used to have free Reds tickets at the in the back of them too. Maybe I don't know about that. They used to have buy one get one Reds tickets. It's like the Reds are buy one because everything was buy one get one free well, in that book. They have deals on like everything in the city, which is unreal. Yeah, so, like but like we, I feel like we always forget to use it. But I used one of those recently. I was like, yeah, it's, it's like buy one entree, get another entree free. It's like cutting the whole meal in half. I got yeah. to that point. They're all buy one get one free in that book. Texas, I know it's hard to jump back on board um, all the way, but I feel like there's a legitimate reason for optimism that something has changed for better with the football team. Fourth quarter comeback for the first time this week, coming back from seven or more down for the first time against Virginia. The players are actually making winning plays at the end of game, unlike they ever have been under Satterfield. It's well, a they fair made, point. They did it last year against the Florida made a winning play. They did, but that, they also set that up by making a losing play right before it. <laughs> no, that's... Saturday, I did keep thinking. I was like, somebody's, somebody's got to make the play. Somebody's got to make the play. And it felt like everybody did. And then the the play of all plays is Abdullah forcing the fumble and then Keishaw Clark returning it for the score. Yep. It was just like, those are the plays that people make against us. And instead, I mean, and then we got to give props to our guy. I have not mentioned him by name. Josh Lifson. We love KCD tight end. First career reception in the end zone. Bringing home the touchdown pass. The game-winning play. KCD stand up. Have your moment. Uh, you thought it was just Will Smith? No, it's Josh Leafson now. You posted a picture. You retweeted, I guess, a picture of somebody sent was like, I'm the only guy with a Josh Lifson. Yeah, it's the guy who texts our show all the time about Lifson. I looked at that picture and was like, which one's Lifson? <laughs> like, I didn't know which one was which. It's, <laughs> Tanner texts the, text the, text all the time on the on the, uh, the text line about Josh Lifson before every game. <laughs> like, he has his moment. I even texted you during the game. I was like, who's Josh You know, you said you told me your voice was out, and I said, save enough to tell me who the hell Josh, Lips- Josh Lipson is. And I said, KCD product. Yeah, walk on. like all explanation points. I was like, wow. Texas, am I the only one who thinks that under Sat they celebrate wins too much, like they just won the uh, AXC? This isn't Vandy. They need to expect winning, yet act like it's a big surprise. What's the AXC? I don't know. Um, you mean the ACC? I think ACC. I think is what he meant. Yeah, so it's like what I'm trying to figure out. What oh, like the axe. I was like, <laughs> do we have an axe trophy? Are, are we in like a minor conference of the ACC now or something? This is. I don't mind the celebrating every win because here's the deal: every program does this. They just don't publicize it the way that we do. Like if you, you mean with the party in the locker yeah, room board thing? We yeah. and we do the video after every game. Every program does this. Yeah, they like, do. Like it's just. These dudes, the, the kids, like it is an insane amount of work to get to, like, you know, to get through a, a classic traditional practice week. And if they want to celebrate a average win over an average team, like they just won the Super Bowl, I'm not going to hate them for it. I'm not. I mean, I'm old man. I don't get it. And it kind of seemed a little dumb. But you know what? If that's what the kids want to do. Let the kids do what they want to do. Texas Happy IRP Week. Yeah, we're supposed to find out on Friday. No, this is the week. This is the this is the last this fall the last week of the timeline is this week. So, so every day this week is going to be an, an I, IRP day, IRP Eve. That that, that texture is going to be right one of these days, maybe, <laughs> or maybe it's five weeks from now or five months from now. Who the hell knows? Texas, it feels like between uh, basketball, it feels like anything between fifteen and eighteen wins will be perceived as a failure, and anything more is encouraging for the future. Well, anything more than eighteen wins is sure as hell going to be encouraging. Hell yeah! I mean that, that's yeah. Uh, less than 15, I mean, yeah, I mean, anything less than, 
I mean, if you're less than 15, you're under 500. I'll go so far as to say, and this is just my personal opinion, if they have a winning record this year, I will be very encouraged about the future of the program. I will think that Kenny Payne's got it. Well, that would require between about 15 and 18 wins then, right? Yeah, I think they'll probably play 31, I think, games going into the ACC tournament. So if they would get to, were to go— 16 and 15 would be— uh, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. And I know that that may not be a popular opinion. I think some people will, will have higher expectations than that. For me personally, the way that I see this team going into the year, if they're going to be above 500, I'm sold on Kenny Payne. I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess maybe I should see what Kenny Payne's like before, but any coach that should be worth his salt to be hired at Louisville should be able to go over 500, even with this squad. I mean, I, I, that's just anything less is going to be very disappointing for me. And very costly, too, because there's a good chance I'll end up owing Scoot's money if that's the case. Yeah, man. Well, I don't, yeah. I'm, I'll still be, not, I'm still not sold. Eastern Michigan's going to have a great year with or without Imani Bay. If, if we, if we, if they, if we, I lose that bet and we only win like 13 games, I may be sending a bill to Kenny Payne. I don't feel like he would pay that. I don't think he would. No, he's going to pay. I'm going to show up at his door every other week like the kid from Better Off Dead asking for my $2. Sounds like a good way to get arrested. <laughs> then I can sell my uh, autographed Kenny Payne uh, 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 EPO on, online for somebody. Texas, whether it's set or not, just win games, winning cures all. Yeah, for sure. Of course. Pretty much, yeah. Texas, Trevor, you don't have a cough button, LOL. That was earlier, yeah. Yep, nope. Now you know. got it back. Yep. Cough right now. He just did it. You Turn did my it. head to the right and You cough. had no idea what he just did. I did. You didn't because he got the I cough did. button. Patrick knew. Best part is I can I can even like go off. I can like say He just cussed. He just cussed off air. I can't do that. And no one can do I only I can do that. I've got no cough button. Yeah. I am God. Honestly, it's worse <laughs> that when Jenna when Jenna did curse, she was in that. Chat. She was in this board, she yeah. She could have muted. She could have. She didn't. Nor could we stop the uh the funniest part of that audio is you just hear the door swing open. You hear Trevor like distant because he doesn't have a mic. And he's like, go get in the car. Go. Time he's out. Like, time out. <laughs> you hear the door swing open. She paused so, so slowly before she said it too. like, she was like a kid wanting to see if she can get away with it. <sighs> and then, then trying to claim she didn't know that. That's the worst thing. Like you knew you should know. You can't say that. She should have known. Yeah. Don't, don't play that game. Texas bigger upset. The cards beating wake. Or Chris Mack working for a media company that isn't Outkick. <laughs> he's on. Uh, is he, he working for Outkick to cover? No, he's doing the Field of 68. That would have been a terrible joke if he was working was, for Outkick. Yeah, I was like, I thought it was. Is he really? He's doing the Field of 68 stuff with. Um, with Doster and. Doster and Goodman and those guys. Yeah, there's a, that, that whole family's grown so large. I don't even know who's all in it anymore. Hey, they might be saying, I mean, he might be saying this is the best way to get a coaching job because both the Miller brothers did it last year and now they both have head coaching jobs at pretty good programs. So. There's a lot, yeah. I mean, I know, yeah, Doster's pretty much what started it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Texas Trevor wheezing into the mic is a great touch today. Thank you. That's not new. I'm wheezing that bad, Emma. When you were over here, it was it was a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you were over here. Because I can't control that mic. See, I can... Yeah. Yeah, see, now he's using the butt again. He's coughing. When you're coughing and talking with your mic off, nobody knows. Only me and Mike are the people that That's right. are getting what's happening. Yeah, and that's more reason to get those YouTube cameras up. Damn right. Any day now. The text says, Louisville Live was kind of like the movie Uncut Gems. Three people talking at all times and never really sure of what was going on. We, well, yeah. first of all, I've never watched Uncut Gems. And I'm probably have no intent. I didn't really, I wasn't in a rush to watch it. Now I'm definitely not in a rush to watch it. You're fine. I've heard, I've not heard good things about it, yeah. I saw it. It's very intense. 
Like the only time, the only like I've heard some people like say they loved it, but it was like usually it was the type of person that would say they say they love everything. Okay, I'm honestly shocked you haven't seen it. I am, I kind of too. Just didn't it didn't tickle the fancy anymore? I just I don't Adam so Adam Sandler doesn't do it for me as a serious role usually. He hasn't done anything good in serious roles for me. That's like least. one of his only serious roles. He's done, you haven't seen it. You, he's done multiple serious roles. You just don't know him because they all sucked. I like Spanglish. Spanglish comes to mind. Punch Drunk Club comes to mind. Funny People comes to mind. Rain Over Me. Awful. Rain Over Me. Yeah, I mean, see, there was a bunch of them. That you just you just don't recognize them because they weren't very good. Do we have any updates on the two recruits that missed Wolf Alive? Nothing outside of what we heard on Friday, which is that um, A.J. Johnson was trying to work on a making up the date, and Carter Bryant was trying to work for an early November reschedule. But have not heard anything in the day since. I mean, it'd be nice if we do get a return date. I mean, please. If they if they cancel and they don't come, then uh. they replace them with something else. Well, AJ Johnson and DeAndre Moore are just going to be having a living it up in Texas. It's California kids. I don't know. AJ Moore. AJ, AJ get Johnson. Pete Thomas out there with basketball. We need a, we need a basketball Pete Thomas. A, AJ DJ. None of them are really that good anyway because they're just juniors. They're just they're second tier. We want we want somebody who's a first name. We want we want a, we want a first of his name. Easy. Isn't L. Ellis? Isn't he's like the third or something, right? Is he? I think that's right. So I'm going to kill this, the whole speech there, Patrick. <laughs> I, was, I was on a roll, man. You know, you, when he, you're the type of guy that would stop Belushi in the middle of telling him the Nazis didn't raid Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Texas, did you see the nut job who won the Democratic primary for Congress in Lexington's district? I That's a really scary looking guy. Yes. That guy creeps me out, man. Yeah, that guy's weird. Like he's like, he looks like a he looks like kind of like a thirties vampire. It's not a great look. I know I don't remember his name off the top of my head. It's been a great it's been a weird weekend for Kentucky Politics. I also saw the story today, which I would have missed if not like Joe Zonko covers um politics and just general news for the Courier Journal. He got an email from Eric Dieters, who's one of the He's not going to win governor, but he's one of the Republican candidates for governor. Uh, the only two real serious candidates are Daniel Cameron and, and Kelly Kraft. But Dieters sent him a email saying, I'm suing you in your paper. You are a joke of a journalist. F you and your rag paper, and you can quote me. So there's the quote. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, what could this possibly be about? Like, why is he so upset? And apparently it's all about a story that Zonka had written on Friday about Dieters um, being charged with menacing and harassing communications. And here were the this is the, the lead two paragraphs of the story, which you don't get more Kentucky ass politics than this. Republican candidate for governor Eric Dieters has been charged with menacing and harassing communications relate, relate, related to a truck chase after a teenage nephew flipped him off near a family farm in northern Kentucky. According to the criminal complaint and citation filed in the case, Dieters on October 3rd allegedly chased the nephew with his truck throughout the Kenton County farm belonging to his brother and then sent harassing voicemails and texts to his sister-in-law. This because is, the kid flicked him off? The kid flipped him off. Incredible. I mean, it's, I saw the story, in, like, I guess I was in Iowa or something, where the guy shot a judge in front of a White Castle. And his excuse was, I was doing self-defense because they flicked me off. Oh, God. I was like, really? That's the... I mean, I thought that guy's reaction was bad. This one's not much better. What are we doing? His nephew, too. <laughs> his nephew. The whole story is worth reading. It, it's it's wild. I mean, is this not like the George Costanza with Danny Tartable? He flicked us off. He chases them across state lines. I like to think Trevor and John Kelsey had some nephew-uncle car chases back in the day. <laughs> no, not really. 
Yeah, the the Democrat candidate, who, by the way, his name. Is this for governor? No, no, this is for uh, Congress. Okay. I, I I can't say the name of the person that, I, I'm, that I'm thinking of because I don't think you can say it on air. But he changed his name to something that is vile, and I, I can't say it. You like can, literally changed his name to yeah, something vile? Yeah, you can find the story uh, here, Patrick. Like on purpose? You're that curious, yeah. It's George Bleeping Washington basically is now his official name. Like this is actually... Yeah. It's spelled. It's spelled differently, but it's yeah. It's spelled like an O. It's like a meet the parents joke. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't know what to say. I always got worried about talking about meet the parents on on the radio. All I know is Big Josh better win Hardin County Jailer. Do we know how he's polling? <laughs> is he polling well? He's an incumbent, so he should be. He should, I think he should be good. So did the, the the creepy vampire guy win? Did he win his election? I don't think. Well, it, the elections haven't happened. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I've actually seen like negative. I saw a negative ad about him, and I was like, it was like. He's far left or whatever, whatever way he's he's far so far so and so, and I'm like, can you just show a picture of the guy? <laughs> yeah, like, do you really show us your face? Just show, just show his eight by ten, it's like still frame on there, and like just be like, do you really want to vote for this guy? Do you want someone who you would you would grab your kids and run the other way if you saw him down the street? I mean, just, I don't, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Done. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because I saw that over the weekend. Like, and I thought it was just me being, like, in the state of mind I was in. I was like, this guy's creepier than me. We're, we're a weird state. Wait, what do you want me to say? We're a weird state. <laughs> so who is governor right now? Is it still Brashear? <laughs> yes. So he's not going to be governor anymore? He, he's running. He's the Democrat. He'll be the Democrat. He is? Okay, he's still running, yeah. though. He'll be going against probably Daniel Cameron, but potentially Kelly Craft. Daniel Cameron's the... Uh, Attorney not, General. I, I told you to tell me. Well, I knew that. I was going to get that right. Sorry. So he's, the one that play, he's the one that played at Louisville, right? He did play at Louisville. Yeah. Well done. Look at you. Got your, got your governor talk with Trevor. I know politics somewhat. Who's running for mayor? Uh, uh, no, tell me. It's... Uh, the 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 guy from J Town, correct, is going against. Oh, uh, you can't give me his name. Say what? You gotta give me his name. The guy from J Town's not gonna suffice. Oh, well, I'm screwed then because I don't remember his name. It was like Signs are bleeping everywhere. Smith, Josie. No. Who's who's running for mayor in J Town? Uh, Marty Polio. <laughs> I don't know. I was looking for Chubby Ray Perkins. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he's running the ad. One. Yeah. I felt like you would get that one. I remember now. It took me a minute to click on my mind. Who's the guy J Town running against again? You're talking about the for, for the actual mayor race? Yeah. It's, well, you don't know either one of their names. So <laughs> Not a clue. That's the answer. Bill Dura versus Craig Greenberg. Oh, okay. And I don't I haven't seen any like polling, but if we're talking about just like organization and signs, like Deer stuff and their campaigners are everywhere. And Fisher's not Fisher is rerunning, right? No, he's not running. Why and why is he not running again? I think it's terms up, I believe. But he can't rerun? He, I think he can, but not right now. Okay. He I don't think he wants wait, to. Wait, 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 like two years and run I again. Think, I think we're done with I think Greg Fisher's probably done here. Okay. Uh Bill Deriff, his organizers, I mean, they are for sure or I, I feel like this is the strongest chance that Republicans have had to take over the um the mayoral spot in Louisville since I think the last time was like nineteen sixty seven. Republicans been opposite. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since we had a Republican mayor. Yeah. And I don't think that the Greenberg people are really sure how close it is. They're just, they're not doing enough right now. Greenberg's the Democrat, right? Greenberg's the Democrat. Figured that, yeah. And Deeriff has a lot of support from centrists. And I, I think if the 
if the West End doesn't come out strongly in favor of Greenberg, and I don't think that they feel that strongly about him. A lot of people see him as just sort of like a, a retread of Greg Fisher. I think it's going to be a lot closer than, I mean, hell, I would have anticipated a few months ago and that a lot of people are, are calling right now. But we'll see. You never know. Politics are weird. Talking politics on the Mike Rutherford Show. There you go. Uh, 502-414-2450 is the Thornton Sex Time. We'll take our, our last break. We'll come back. We'll get some more text and wrap up the show. Before we do that, though, reminding you, if you have financial needs, there's only one place to go in this area or any other area. It's First Bankers Trust. They're going to find out how to make every dollar count for you by working with you individually to help you meet your financial goals. They offer a wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. Beating Pitt. Having successful scrimmages, getting Jack Carlo in for Louisville Live, making money. They all start with one word, trust. First Bankers Trust. Go to firstbankerstrust.com. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Monday here on Oasis is the greatest British band since the Beatles. We're bigger than the Beatles. That anybody feels the way I... See, I can't hit that. I can't sing the hook, though. Can't do it. You can do it. Come on. I can't. Dad clown in a 90s video. No, all we had was dark. We're winding. And all the lights that lead the way are blinding. I like the Oasis. You kind of sound like... Uh, Gallagher, Louis with the voice out. <laughs> Sound more like him, I think. With Tell the, me, don't look back in anger. <laughs> so Sally can wait. Actually, I can't deplicate it that way. Not, not that I can hit it with a fully functioning voice either. I think I told you when I worked at, uh, and I knew who Oasis was, but I'll just never forget when I worked at Lids the brief time I was there. My manager was just obsessed with Oasis. Really? Like, it was just like, Oasis is the greatest thing since, I want to say sliced bread is an old saying, but like, what was the greatest thing before sliced bread? Like, before they invented sliced bread, what were they saying the greatest thing was? Unsliced bread. <laughs> un, un, a meat without maggots in it. Loafed bread. Yeah. <laughs> refrigerated pork. <laughs> Fruit. Fire. Living to 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fire. The wheel. It's the greatest thing since the wheel. <laughs> Don't blame them. Also, sliced bread, pretty good. Not the greatest thing. Yes. We've set our bar pretty low sometimes, right? We, it's time for an updated saying. <laughs> Where would we be without sliced bread? Patrick, your mic's off. Yeah, yeah. Turn it's on, on now. Where would we be without sliced bread? Sandwichless, for sure. Sandwich. Toastless. <laughs> Definitely toastless. Well, we could have a large, I mean, we would have a loaf of bread. Or would we just eat it like by the big ass sandwich? Like two loaves of bread to make the sandwich. Very carb heavy. It's one hell of a not good for hero you. sandwich. Not good for you. Um, <laughs> we spent a lot of time today reacting to all the news of the weekend, talking the pit win, 
talking Louisville Live, talking about the red-white scrimmage. Uh, we're now trying to get to your text here at 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. we got about, what, uh, 13 minutes here. Mm-hmm. Trying to get to as many as we can. you got a little Cardinal Insider coming up after us. We'll have Cardinal Insider with Jody Demling coming up after us. What's the, uh, the Monday night game tonight, by the way? Uh, New England and Bears. Okay. New England Bears. No baseball because both series ended so early. First game of the World Series ended until Friday. You'd think that they'd be able to, like, change plans quickly enough to, like, get a, I don't know, Wednesday, Thursday game in. But, but yeah, no. They got to push it into November, too. How's how how Dylan taking the taking it by the way not great <laughs> not, <laughs> not thrilled not thrilled with the sweep uh, or the 50s setting a record for mlb strikeouts or losing losing being shut out for the first time in like 60 years by it wasn't, wasn't a great weekend uh, yeah. also like the two teams that I, I i i cannot stand the astros don't really like the phillies either Could, did not want this world series i'll be happy if dusty baker wins i'll be happy for him i like dusty. i do too yeah it's also it's the 20th anniversary probably his best chance of the giants Spitting the bit against the Angels back oh, in 02. I hated the Angels. I wanted the Giants to win that I was going so the, bad. Well, I was going to the Angels because I hated, hated Bonds. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, the Phillies. JT Snow saving his son. <sighs> yeah, I know. Probably the kid's like, he, like now he's a full-grown adult. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you grew up. Like, it was 20 years ago. Yeah, of course he's old. Uh, Castellanos plays for the Phillies now, so I can be excited for him. But I just, I don't care that much about this World Series. I mean, first of all, is, is it just because of Houston is the last, like, is, is, any, is there a team, like, made – to be hated by everybody quicker than the last and like the Astros have done in the last like five years. No, everybody hates the Astros. Because before before they they got this run and got the cheating scandal, like no one really hated Houston, right? Well, people hate them because they they won. But and, I'm and there's but, been no there's been no like negative ramifications of that. That's what I'm saying. But that's all been within like the last five or six years. Yeah. Like before that, like Houston, nobody, nobody cared. Like no, but yeah, I mean I, that's what I'm saying. So quickly have they made like an entire like fan base outside their own hate them. I mean just like that. Another yeah. thing is like their social media team likes to like play the villain. Do that? I don't. I don't pay. Everybody me. hates us, us against the world. Like, well, because yeah, they, cause everybody hates you. And, you cheated. And they also did. They they showed you know Philadelphia Sixers how to actually tank and then be good right yeah. afterwards. I mean, they did it perfectly because they yeah. did. They were horrible. People forget they were losing hundred games like three years in a row. Well, there was that Sports Illustrated cover where it was like the Houston Astros will win the World Series in 2019 or whatever it was that wound up being. Wildly prophetic, yeah, because yeah, I mean, that was the, that was their whole plan was to be, and they executed their plan to perfection. They drafted properly, they brought in the right things. That granted, they did cheat a little bit, but still a little bit cheating involved. I mean, because for the longest time, I think at Houston Astros, the, the two things that came to my mind were a bad news bears two and bad one Biggio and, and bad, bad what I was gonna say and Nolan Ryan too. Some yeah. reason always comes to mind and Baggio and Biggio. Yeah, I mean that's like it was, just, and they were just kind of there, and now they're like this big villain. It just it's kind of weird to like I don't hate them, but. Like, I don't really, I'm not really want to root for him. I, I'm with you. I kind of want to see Dusty win it, but I'd really love to see him win it somewhere other than Houston. And I don't, I've never been a Phillies guy. So, I mean, I don't like it. Yeah. I'm not I mean, I love, I mean, I'm an Eagles guy, but it doesn't mean I'm a Phillies guy. And I'm going to watch, but I can't really cheer yeah. for either side. I'll keep an eye on it. That's well, about it. Right in the middle of the series, the Texans and the Eagles play Thursday Night Football. Yeah. Which is better question is why the hell are the Texans and Eagles on Thursday Night Football? Why the Texans? Why the, on exactly. Why the Texans on Thursday? Yeah, I mean the NFL just sold Thursday Night Football to Amazon and then just put the worst games possible there. I think they did. I do feel like they're just hazing them a little bit. It does. Yeah, there's definitely a hazing. Like you, you want it for the first year. Here you go. But you're gonna. It's, we're gonna make it like your life a little hell. You better have some nifty gadgets because nobody's watching. Well, the and they've started adding concerts now. Yeah, I would if I were them. I mean, first they did the, the Taylor Swift title, the, the the album drop on there, and now they're. I guess they've got little baby doing a concert on there in like a week or it's something. It's almost like it's a scientific experiment to see 
just how bad things can get and still have astronomical TV ratings. Like, how bad... We're streaming it. What's it going to take for you to not watch us? It reminds me of those playoffs a few years ago where the Lions had the crap call against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys had the crap call in the next round. And it was like every round had all these terrible calls, all this awful officiating, and it was like the NFL was basically saying... You're still gonna watch. No, we, we, we are. don't care. Like, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you're mad. Oh, you're never gonna watch again. Really? We can do whatever we want, and you're still gonna watch. If that's the only sport that can do that, probably yeah. NBA can't. NBA is direly dependent on markets and stars. I mean that that's been proven. I mean baseball. I think every fan base has a built-in like group of diehards. The NFL just has way more of them. Yeah, they have more casual. I mean, they're people are gonna tune into playoff and Super Bowls regardless who's in it. Where. I guess the NBA, I mean, the NBA Finals, unless you have a big market team, it's gonna, the ratings are going to plummet sometimes. Yeah. And same with, I mean, World Series might, I don't know if take a big hit with Houston and Philadelphia, but. It won't be great. It would do, it would have done better with San Diego and New York, I promise you that. For sure. Or New York and. Anybody York. else, yeah. yeah. Texas said, uh, we'll take two as many takes as we can here before the end of the show. 502-414-1450. Texas says, I've been to all four Louisville live events. Friday was a great venue, turnout, and production. I liked the elevated seating because I could actually see what was happening opposed mm-hmm. to the previous years when it was a struggle to see from most viewing areas. Yeah, the entertainment on the court wasn't great, but I knew what I was getting into before I went. So there you go. There's a good... Somebody's been all of them is a good person to ask. Yeah, because maybe it was the people that were talking about not having good sight lines when they were in the seats were people who hadn't been in prior years. It did... like I was kind of hoping, and I said this on Friday, I was hoping the images of... You know, the view of the court from the seats were going to look worse on you know, a computer or you know, phone screen, whatever, than they were going to in person. But I did hear that complaint from some people that they felt like they were just way too far away from the court if they were sitting down. But you can only do so much. Texas, I'm bringing a, I'm starting a Bring J-Law Home Twitter account, and I'm going to flood the Bird app to get her to take over all things Louisville Live, production and host. Good luck with that. <laughs> did I miss? Who's J-Law? J-Law's Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, okay. You did not know that? I didn't know it was her nickname. Yes. I, I'm I'm sorry. I don't abide by the first letter and first three letters of your name nickname. That's the laziest nickname crap ever. Okay, TKL. Doesn't even count. Yeah, T-Kel. don't even. TKL. I did watch Silver Lining Playbook again, and I, you know what? Uh, TKLs. I stand corrected. It's not as bad. I, when I first watched it, I was like, I like the Eagle stuff only kind of. It's a good movie. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I liked it more watching it this time. Still nothing better than when they celebrate the getting the five. Yeah. I mean, that's... We we have not mentioned this yet on the show. Okay. It's our fault. But but before the game, first of all, they had to they nixed the parachuting Louis. They had, it was a rough weekend for cancellations for Louisville. Didn't so even notice that. Yeah, yeah they, they announced it on Twitter. They said we were going to because word had leaked that it was going to happen. They had to go ahead and announce that our people were going to be very disappointed. But because of high winds, they had to go ahead and, and say no. And it did cancel like an air show this weekend too. So the, the winds were a factor across the board. But it was the return of naked slash fat Louis. Oh, I did see that on Twitter somewhere. Yeah, he comes back, the old tall Louis, which I don't know if they're just just getting rid of it or whatever, but I hope so because right away we get Fat Louis back. Football teams winning big games at home. I mean, should have happened a long time ago. Fat people bring celebrations. That's exactly. Fat people win games. I mean, I mean, this show is is it's, it hit its high, its high note when you added somebody fat to it. No offense to the skinny and in shape John. Texter says Louisville Live was a bust. We put more into events like Louisville Live than actually winning games. Well, I think putting money into that event is going towards hopefully winning games because you the use intention. it for recruiting, yeah. Texture says, Pat Day was guaranteed to sing two songs. <laughs> <laughs> and THS definitely would have dunked over him. That's a good text. That's what he would have. That's, that's very good. I love the second part. 
Texture says Purvis is weird, but why wasn't Russ Smith involved? I don't know. I mean, Russ I, probably has something going on, doesn't he? I think Russ is still in town. Um, Did we bring anybody back from the Patino era? Long- Kevin Ware said he was going to be there. And I don't, to my knowledge, he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I know it was. I know somebody would be like, "Well, it was hosted by Siva," but I mean, yeah, they they made the point of bringing out like you know Billy Thompson and and. And Purvis Ellison and yada yada, but and Jeff Hall, but I mean, did we bring out? I mean, when's the last time Francisco Garcia was here? He was here last year. Was he? Okay. He came, went to a football game, then they they honored his jersey at the game. Did they? Rondo was at the game. Rondo was at the yeah. Game. They, they they loved pushing Rondo at the game on the broadcast too. Texas, I respect the Crumb era players, but it was annoying that they could never get over Crumb being forced to retire and Patino happening. I could not agree more. I mean, I was. I mean, I could see angry at the beginning, but by this point, yeah, just let it go, dude. I can see being angry, but I can also. I, I can't understand like being so angry that you don't support the program anymore. That I don't get either. Plus, is for somebody who even myself was, was a little upset. I've still understood it. And also, like it was like one of those things like we you got, don't we, we don't Pitino. want it, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, it's, it's just, Rick Pitino, and they also got mad too because they wanted Jerry Eves over Rick Pitino, which. I think we can say in hindsight would not have been would not have been better. I mean, I didn't want to get rid of my grand eighty eight Grand Prix, but it didn't run anymore. Yeah, was, I, had, I had to move on and get a new car. <laughs> Texas sounds like Mike's finally hitting puberty. Thank you. No, he have the puberty. Mike hasn't hit yet. When you do your voice change in the middle of puberty, Mike hit at like nine years old. No, puberty Mike happens all the time on his show. It's so God, great. No, it's so yeah, the, the cracking. <laughs> got weird. Yeah, weird problems. <laughs> I haven't had a voice change since I was like nine, nine or ten as well. <laughs> I was, I was sixth grade. I was the only one. I got made fun of for it because like, it was not cool to like hit puberty. I guess and the girls would be like, "Is Michael there?" I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> and a shame before anybody where it was like not cool. Like you think that that was the cool? It'd be cool to like be ahead of everybody. It was not. It just I, mean, made, I just was made to feel awkward. I'm. Hey, I was. I told you I hit my growth spurt early on, and was it just stopped in like fifth grade? That was me too. I was. The so, size. I, mean, I was right there with you. I was playing middle linebacker and quarterback in grade school football and having to strip down to weigh in, and then I just didn't get any bigger. I'm still, I'm still waiting for that second growth spurt. I'm still <laughs> waiting for it. Any day now. <laughs> you and me both. Texas says, I figured out the musical theme for the day. Trash. Oh. oh. Wow. Somebody somebody didn't is, is having a good time. Somebody's not getting text of the day. Somebody's not. Yeah. It's thrown out. Texas, I made a pact not to hate on Malik for a month if we won that game. I hope he doesn't make me regret it. You're giving him a month just for that game? I mean, we didn't. he didn't play well enough to earn that. Went off to a great start with that game. Yeah. <laughs> Texas says, uh, someone needs to start giving number five, Marcus Rieger, some love. Um, this kid can play. He was around the ball and disrupts plays in the backfield often, but never gets talked about. Well, we'll start by getting his name right. It's Mason Rieger. I was like Jalen Rieger. Yeah. So the wide receiver. <laughs> we love love Mason Rieger. He's fantastic. He got a scholarship right before the start of the season. Another local kid coming in, walking on. Uh, yeah. I mean, those guys have been more hits than misses. The guys that have come to this program and walk on as walk ons. Uh, Is it number five, Marshawn Ford? Anyway, he said ninety five. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, Marshawn Ford was a former walk-on. Uh, Perrier was a former walk-on. Um, we're playing – who's the receiver for Manuel? Jalen uh, Carter. Uh, Jalen Carter. Who's yeah, he played. Getting yeah. reps. First career start on Saturday. Yeah, those guys have all been – they've done well for us. Texas says, did anyone find it funny, the four players fighting for the fumble while uh, Keydrow Clark was scoring? Yes, it was hilarious. They were on the ground. Trey picked it up, rumbled. They were still on the ground. Had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Didn't even notice it. <laughs> Texas says, hey, T. Krell, how many jobs did you have at one of the malls? The Mall St. Matthews? Yeah. I worked at Lids. We don't, we, don't need, we don't have time to do this. 
<laughs> Hallmark. <laughs> Texas, do they keep the white helmets after the win? I hope so. I hope so. I told you I like those helmets going in the game. Well, they won't do it this week because we have a scheduled blackout against Wake Forest. Yeah, against so the team that wears black. They'll have the all genius. black outfits going on. Um, we, you are, we established that Wake Forest is wear black. You're not going to try to tell me it's some like, like, it's a pretty dark gray. black. Yeah, it's some like it's that's a, a very it's, dark gray. It's, it's anti-white or something. Like it's a different name for it. They wear black. I mean, most schools wear some form of black. Yeah, but Wake Forest, their primary colors are, are black, black and gold. gold right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then, is that a song? Black, black and yellow. yellow. Oh. Come on, man. good lord, jinx, dude. Come on. <laughs> Black and yellow, black and yellow. And then everybody did their own version of it, like, that whole year. Yeah, I'm aware of that. <laughs> they did the whole, like... They, based on the Steelers, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then Lil Wayne did one for the Packers. Yeah, everybody had one for their own. Oh, Lil Wayne ripped somebody off? Bellerman no. had one. It was, like, Silver Scarlet, Silver Scarlet. I mean, it, just, it got a little bit over the top. <laughs> uh, Monday Night Football tonight, Bears versus Patriots. My God, the Bears, another primetime game. Intern Patrick, who you got? Uh... Aren't Patriots like 12 and a half point favorites? I don't have to. Are they really? I believe they're 12. I saw 12 and a half. So I mean, Max I'm going to have to take the Patriots. I don't know if they cover. I'll wait for to see whatever Trevor says on the spread. That's what I said. <laughs> I've got Patriots minus eight and a half. Oh, that's what I meant. <laughs> okay, so it's not like you to talk. I don't know what that meant. Well, TK, what do you got? Oh, uh, I'm taking Patriots to win, but not cover Patriots by four. Uh, the other, yeah, Patriots minus eight and a half is what I got. Over under is forty. I'm give me, give me the under and the Patriots winning and covering. The Bears are not gross twenty three to ten. Good team, but they 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 keep things close. They're so young. I mean, you saw that so the last primetime game. I mean, they're very they are literally very young. All right, so everybody enjoy the football tonight. Hopefully, my voice is better tomorrow. If not, guess what? We gotta suffer through it again. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Right back here at three o'clock. That's not like trash. You texture. No.